0: rise and shine sleepyhead the birds are chirping the coffee's brewing best of all it's time to attack and dominate this is morning juice with brandon beam bobby carpenter and anthony schlegel
1: and here we go on a tuesday attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m brandon beam bobby carpenter and anthony schlegel boys a beautiful tuesday morning here in central ohio it's great to talk to you bright and early
2: yeah, it is uh, nice. Yesterday was a little chilly on the run. Today I went prepared for a little bit. Something. something was a little colder and not. So I was excited about that. Hopefully a beautiful day. It was fantastic yesterday. Like you get a little bit of that San Diego feel here in the uh, late summer, early fall in Columbus, Ohio. You just can't beat it, strikes.
3: No, it's awesome. I love uh, I love everything about it. You know, I, I actually like it when it's a little bit cooler. And it got it got warm yesterday, so it was nice to be able to do some work in the shop, have the door up, have the fans on, just in there, you know, knocking out some products, listening to the fan app, you know, it's a great day, yeah. great day.
1: It really was. It was fantastic. Like you said, Bob, I mean, you could, you know, get this confused for Monterey, California. So anytime you can do that <laughs> in Columbus at the end of August, then that's fantastic. I got to tell you what, boys, before we get to today in history, the birthdays, it's September 1st. Like it's what? crazy. Like we have been, it's been so wild, right? We all know that the year of 2020 has been just, it's been pretty hellacious on all fronts, right? But to think. You know, six months ago, you were, were now heading into quarantine. Stuff is shutting down. It seems to be that stuff is is reopening. We're okay. We're at steady levels, if not going down with everything. Like, it has been a slow trudge to get to this point, but, like, we got... NFL football being played this month. Like we got big time college football being played this month. I know we'll get into that the show with the Big 10 vote that was supposed to happen and you know we'll we'll get into that a little bit later, but Bob I I really I cannot believe here we are doing a show at 6:03 on a Tuesday morning and we are on the day September 1. Like it's really Dude. hard to fathom.
2: Oh, it's September 1st. Uh, a lot of great things obviously, but yeah, it's it's amazing. Like you said that here we are Labor Day I guess preview week as we come pre-game, into the Labor Day, yeah, as we come Labor into Day. Labor Day weekend, which is traditionally the start of the college football season, and it will be the start of college football season again, just not for everybody. And so that's what's unfortunate a little bit, but it's uh, it's a big week because to me this is kind of the signal of like the last weekend of summer. This is kind of the last hurrah. You may still get mm. some hot days, you know, but you start getting those cool nights. The weather starts to turn, starting to get dark at you know eight fifteen as opposed to nine o'clock now. And uh, it's letting you know that summer is waning.
3: I mean, yeah, I absolutely, I I love September because it's the start of deer season <laughs> and college football.
2: <laughs> That's the two things that you care most about. Yeah,
3: and plus and outside
1: I, of your outside of your friends and family, those are the two yeah, things you care I love, most about. And I
3: love, I love fall. I'm not going to lie; like summer's great. Like I mean, you can't complain about the weather, right? If it, if it, if it's if you're a cold person who likes it hot, when it gets really hot, like it was the last couple weeks here in Central Ohio, like. You know, you can't complain about it. But fall is beautiful. I just love it when it's about 60 degrees outside. You know, it's cold in the morning, like Mm -hmm. 45. I can be out there in a pair of jeans and a flannel, you know, and then you can take that off. You got the Tri Blend t shirt. It's a perfect wardrobe for me. Like, fall's my. I'm living my best life. So I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it is where I thrive. I thrive in the fall. I mean, you get those cool mornings. You can wear whatever you want. Wear pants and a T-shirt. You can wear a hoodie and shorts. Literally, you have access to your entire wardrobe. (laughs) So it's crazy to think that here we go on September 1st. Today, Carp, birthdays, and today in history. Big day? Big day.
2: Oh, we got some stuff. Not the biggest day in the world. Uh, this day in history, death of French monarch Louis XIV, uh, mm, Louis. 1715, longest reigning sovereign monarch in European history. He was the one who was kind of given credit for uh, the modern era monarch through their kind of pulled europe through the age of feudalism so people could say that's a good thing potentially a bad thing uh germany invaded poland in 1939 one of Schlag's favorite terms the blitzkrieg the lightning attack hitler's all gra- gas no brakes invasion of poland which uh really excited trying to kick off world war ii a couple birthdays here for you uh phil mcgraw does anybody know who phil mcgraw is phil mcgraw is that the mcgraw hill textbook guy no, I looked okay. at this. And I like, like that. That's that's impressive, Beam. Uh, he's actually a doctor, and he goes more commonly by Dr. Phil. was born in 1950, oh. uh, celebrating his 70th birthday. Uh, a guy who I grew up with idolizing. One of my friends had a poster of him on his wall and eventually got to become my former teammate, and the fact that he is this old now is unbelievable. Born in 1973, and by my math, making him 47 years old. Mr. Zach Thomas, yes, uh, defensive Texas player of the tank. year in the NFL, 13-year NFL vet, multiple-time Pro Bowler, awesome dude, awesome guy, tremendous player. Uh, and my brother Jonathan's birthday is today. He will be turning 35. Born in 1985, so I completely forgot that him and Zach shared their birth- birthdays until I looked this up. But um, fantastic! So we got a little bit of news there today. But Zach Thomas, like, like I don't know if you ever there was ever a guy who you. Got a chance to play with during your career that you looked up to. Who was a, obviously a vet at that point, but you know, Zach was that guy for me. and It was awesome to get to play with him for a year and become you know really good friends with him.
3: Yeah, Zach Thomas, huge skull, super thick, yep. right, Bob? <laughs> and not first big. off, no, not huge head. No, yeah, huge head, right? I mean, what was he? 5'10", 5'11"? Oh, 5'11 maybe in cleats. Yeah, in cleats with a helmet. And, Texas Tech guy, you know, and I always, I loved watching Zach Tom. I and mean, when we were in college, I mean, that, you're he was school. one of the guys, yeah, in high school, well, your high school, my college. still. <laughs> in 96, like, so You're not oh, that yeah, old. I know. But yeah, even in Texas, I mean, just watching him play, he was a stud. He was sideline to sideline and you always admired him because, he for me back then like Teddy Bruski and Zach Thomas were kind of the same type guy right they were thumpers they ran the show I always looked up to him you've always spoke very very highly of them and it's and it's the best part is when you admire you know athletes from afar and they're even a better person like that's that's what gets you juiced you know what I'm saying so happy birthday to Zach but also happy birthday to Jonathan my guy he's a yeah. good dude man. He's Absolutely. a good
1: dude. Carpenter family is, I'm sure. Sorry, celebrate, didn't mean to say
3: my guy. S- He's a great dude.
1: A big birthday today. So again, September first, a lot happening. Reds lose to the Cards last night, seven to five. Indians lose to the Royals, two to one. Shane Bieber only gives up one hit, four walks. They lose two to one. Unbelievable that they're unable to get the bats going. in that trade deadline yesterday. We'll talk more about that in the eight o'clock hour. Reds trade for closer Archie Bradley and Diamondbacks, or excuse me, outfielder Brian Goodwin. So that should help them a little bit. They just get rid of Josh Van Meter and really other guys, Stuart Fairchild and someone else who doesn't really matter for the Reds. So that's okay. Indians ship off Clevenger to the Padres. They get a handful back for him. I'm not necessarily sure if they get better to try and win a World Series this year. I think Clevenger would have helped him out in that case, but we talked about that yesterday. If you were going to rock the boat a little bit with Clev being on the mound and it creating some sort of chaos in the locker room, then you got to get him out. So Clevenger no longer on the books for the Indians. He sails off to San san diego thunder take down the rockets to force a game seven that series is three to three now so a game seven in the nba playoffs which is fantastic jimmy butler goes wild he beat the bucks they're up one nothing he scored his 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 career playoff high at 40 points yesterday so they're up one nil in that and all right so the big story from yesterday the vote is in the big Mm. 10 made it official yesterday where they came out and said, listen... We had a vote. This was coming from Adam Rittenberg, you know, Nicole Auerbach, whoever covers the Big Ten. They were all over this yesterday. This was Adam Rittenberg's thing that he said. He said, Big Ten presidents and chancellors voted 11 to 3 to postpone the fall season. The league confirms in a brief responding to Nebraska players lawsuit. Brief also outlines that decision based on multiple medical factors applying to 14 schools. Two groups of experts advise the league and league sources tell ESPN that Nebraska Ohio State and Iowa were the three schools that voted against postponing the fall season. This will surprise absolutely no one who has followed the story. And Bobby, this comes down yesterday. I know we have been talking about it pretty much relentlessly since the time that we got on the air 12 shows ago. So two Mondays ago. And everybody wanted to know. How transparent can you be? Was there a vote? Was there not a vote? What happened? And the Big Ten came out yesterday and said, listen, the vote was 11 to 3. There's 14 schools in there. Sources say Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State were the ones against postponing a fall season. The other ones fall in line 11 to 3. The season gets moved back. So that becomes official yesterday.
2: It does. And I only wish. Two things that they omitted. Number one, it shouldn't be sources said who voted. They should have put that in there and let everybody know how these presidents vote. And if if you wanted to abstain from the Northwestern president, who's actually, I guess, like the chancellor of the presidents in the Big Ten conference, you could have pulled them out. Now the problem is anybody that can do rudimentary math could have figured out which way they voted. But whatever. I mean, if you want to do it for keep the facade up, you can do that. And then the other thing is, too, Saying you relied on a panel of experts and all these other things, that still doesn't get to the crux of why you decided to do it. Like, yeah, you relied on experts. What did they tell you? Why did they say you couldn't play? And don't just say it's because there's a global pandemic going on, because that to me is like my dog ate my homework. Because there's other other conferences that are doing it who have (laughs) doctors as well who are highly skilled. So what exactly did these doctors tell you and why did they advise it? They say risk wasn't worth the reward. The squeeze wasn't worth the juice. You can't protect these guys. The rates, whatever they say, like the infection rate in football is too high, whatever it is. But I, people would like to hear it. So if there are holes in that, people be, could begin to punch holes in those theories if they're not very good. And so that's the thing. Like you telling me you relied on doctors. Okay. What did they say? What did they tell you, Schlegs?
3: Yeah. So, you know, looking at this, and and I forget where I was reading this it was in the athletic um yeah the statement right. from the big 10 i got it right yeah by nicole yeah so no 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 you're good you're good and so to bob's point there's two things that kind of got my attention one bob yesterday right being we, we've been talking about how you know the the commissioners were all all of the power five were mm-hmm. always on this phone call three you know every three or every five days sharing information and talking We release a schedule. Seven days later, we We postpone, a.k.a. cancel the season until 2021. Why wouldn't you share the fact? And again, the the outside medical research that was then given to the Big Ten for them to make this decision, and then the one from The Athletic, it said Ohio State Director of Sports Cardiology, Dr. Kurt Daniels, found that approximately 15% of college athletes who had tested positive for COVID Almost all of whom experienced mild or no symptoms were also found to have contracted myocarditis. Why didn't you share that with the other ones? Or maybe did you? And they were like, no, our experts are saying something else. Well, then why didn't you go look at what their experts were saying and then weigh all of this information together as opposed to just relying upon your two sources? Like that's what kind of, you know, gets me as to, all right, did we get the information that we wanted to hear That allowed us to go down this road. And then as this matured, more information would be coming out. The other thing was the shortcomings in schools ability to follow contract, uh, contact tracing, testing and prevention guidelines that league presidents knew about, but did not publicly cite as support for their decision. And so that goes into Ohio State. and, And based upon what I know from our program was like the shining light of how to have protocols and how to have a COVID-free environment. Michigan talked about how they have had zero cases or very, very small number. Jim Harbaugh was putting that out there. Well, Penn State was doing the same thing. Right. And so why? So if that was the case, are we saying that a couple of our schools couldn't do that? And then now we have this new rapid testing that can be done for five dollars. Definitely. I mean, drastically reducing the cost of all of this prevention to have a covid free environment in for all the sports. Right. That you're seeing like the SEC, they're playing all the sports. So now all the sports could participate. And so it it still goes back to why did not you just press pause? And that was back to your point, Bob. Beam.
1: Yeah, I was sorry that threw me off there a little bit. It's all That's right. Okay. I, was, I was read. I was reading this here, and it says, you know, I just I'm so confused by by this statement that was put out by the Big Ten. The response demonstrates. That the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors here was you know, they did three things in here. So it said, voted to postpone the fall sports season. Okay. Two, reached an eleven three decision, which far exceeds the sixty percent threshold required by the Big Ten's laws, and three based its decision on multiple factors, including the medical advice and counsel of the Big Ten force for emerging infectious diseases and the Big Ten Sports and Medicine Committee. I'm with you, Carp. I, I don't understand like Sure, this statement comes out and says that there's a vote and that apparently quashes the, you know, Nebraska player lawsuit and everything, but you're actually not giving any reason as to why that happened. You're not backing it up with any substantial information that then comes no. out from the Big Ten Conference, saying, listen, six days ago we released the schedule. We found this out. We found X, Y, and Z out. Then that that led us to delineate this information, which then caused us to postpone the season. Like, I'm still not really getting
2: that. Are you? No, because there's nothing in there, Beam. Like, just saying, (laughs) hey, someone told me to do this. Well, what did they tell you that led you to that understanding? Like, that's the one thing that is left in there, because there's other teams doing it. And so we know well, we don't know what they're hearing but they're obviously hearing something different so what did you hear what did your medical experts and what did the doctors tell you that is so different from what everybody else has been hearing, that's what everyone wants to know. Like, yeah, what and, if,
1: were and also too, like that's what I'm saying. Like, if you have the information that you have, that you Share think it. that you need to, yes, that you need to postpone or cancel a season, don't you want the SEC and the ACC and you know the Big Twelve to be safe as well? Don't you want their players? Why are you hoarding this?
3: Yeah, and that was the other thing too. Like, you're telling me that this information that you had that made this decision only came out in those seven days. I mean, honestly, like, why would you? You're telling me that this wasn't there before you made the schedule. Like, that's what you're saying. You're saying you just got this information in that one week after you released the schedule. It doesn't make any sense. What were you doing for the entire time from March till August 6th? Then you made the schedule, and then, oh, all of a sudden, all these studies came out, and you're like, nope, we're done. And then you don't share it with anybody. And then you don't even put it out. At least the Big 12 or the Pac 12 gave a 12-page statement as to why they came to that conclusion. The Big Ten gave you nothing. And then weeks later, they gave you a two-page report. Like, what are we talking about, people? Yeah,
1: I don't know. It's just it's still a mess, and we'll get into it a little bit later on the show. But first, we're going to embark on a new division today Mm -hmm. with our NFL previews. We're going to head to the NFC East. We'll take a look at the Eagles' D.C. football team. But up next, we're going to examine the New York football giants. It's morning juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. We do have an accident on the north side on I-71 southbound just before 61. Watch for a little bit of a slowdown. Staples has everything to start the school year right at amazing prices. This week, spend $30 and get an 8-ounce bottle of Mellow Hand Sanitizer for free. When you mention this, offer 9-5 in-store only while supplies last. Exclusions apply sanitizer for details. Staples. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1 The Fan Trial.
0: Get up, then get fired up.
2: This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice with
0: Beamer Carpenter inch Legs.
1: Morning Juice here on The Fan. Hanging out until 9 a.m. this morning. If you want to follow along the fun on Twitter, you can do so at MorningJuice971 is where we live. We're all doing the shows from home, and these are our fan studios, and our fan studios are sponsored by Lindsey Honda. Honda makes the cars. Lindsey makes the difference. You can visit LindseyHonda.com. So in the run-up to the NFL season opener, which is now just nine days away between the Chiefs and the Texans, we've been previewing divisions. Today we're going to start on the NFC East I told you we were going to do the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and right now, we are going to start with the New York football Giants. That's right. So the Giants, obviously, a lot of room to get better, right? Look at the music that Shark pulled up, too. I mean, NFL two-minute drill, you can't really beat that. So... Big news yesterday is they signed cornerback Logan Ryan. Great defensive back. I think he signed on a $6.5 million deal. He's got a bunch of bonuses that can pay him up to eight and a half mil. Saquon Barkley as good as it gets Schlegs. One of the best most dynamic running backs in the entire league. I look at this roster I look at this division and I say it's on Dan Jones to get better. They're over under for the season. They're at plus 130 for the over of 6.5 The favorite on that is minus 170. That is a overwhelming favorite for the under at 6.5. So ceiling for the Giants, floor for them, and their actual number Schlegs.
3: Yeah so I got the ceiling at eight floor at four. I mean, and they, they got some really tough competition, right? So you got the NFC West that's loaded and you got the AFC North super hard division. And I'm with you, beam. It's all about Dan Jones. I mean, he looked good in the training, in the off season, right? We, we saw all the comparisons between him and the Dwayne train, right? Dwayne Haskins. And here's the thing. He can't turn the ball over as much as he did last year. He averaged 1.8 turnovers a game in his 12 starts. Got sacked 38 times, but the good thing for the Giants is you got Saquon Barkley, who's an absolute freak, who mm-hmm. could potentially have 2,500 yards throughout the season. Wide receivers, I, you know, they got some decent wide receivers. I, got, I like uh, Evan Ingram at tight end, but really the O line has to be able to protect them. And and adding Logan Ryan to me is a key signing for them. You got DeAndre Baker, who is charged with armed robbery, right? Sam yeah, that Beal, was a mess. who opted, yeah. Absolute mess. But here's the thing with Logan Ryan, also a striking machine owner. Let's go. But here's the deal: <laughs> since 2000, he's the third player to have four sacks, four interceptions, and four first f- force fumbles in a season. So again, I'm definitely taking the under with them. But I see some potential if Dan Jones can
2: get it done. Bob, no, <clears throat> there is a lot on Dan Jones. I mean, it, I was not a huge fan of his coming out, but he's been. He's been decent. Like, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad. And, you know, everyone hammers the turnovers. I mean, he needs to do a better job of that, but he was better than Matt Ryan with his touchdown to interception ratio, better than Mitch Trubisky, better than Kyler Murray. Like, a lot of other young quarterbacks out there, he did a much better job than, especially better than Baker Mayfield, who was last among starting quarterbacks. So, you know, he has to continue to improve. He has to continue to grow, but they have to continue to also protect him and they took a big hit last year they signed Nate Soldier in the offseason as their big tackle signing they go out and this year to what do they do they want to bolster even more So offensive linemen still offensive line wasn't great they draft Andrew Thomas and they take him fourth overall first tackle off the board a lot of people thought that Andrew Thomas may have been the fourth out of the fourth like top four tackles in the first round and the Giants take him first now that's not to say that he's not the best but the Giants' evaluation was different, and so they'd better be right on him. But like I said, Nate Soldier opted out, so they solved one tackle problem. They have another problem for this year. They they have good weapons, as BMU alluded to. Yeah. you know They've got Ingram. They've got Saquon Barkley. Golden Tate can get it done. Darius Slayton showed promise. Defensively, they've uh, spent some equity over there in drafting Dexter Lawrence. They brought in Leonard Williams last year from the Jets. And then the big Logan Ryan signing. You know, this team has begun to shape up, and I really like their coach, Joe Judge. A lot of people hammer on him because he's a young guy, he's a special teams coach. But I would say this, he's one of the smarter coaches that I've ever played for. Guy understands the game, knows the game really well. A lot of the things that he's doing that people think, think are stupid are things that Belichick would routinely do in practice. And Bill gets a pass because he's won six Super Bowls. <laughs> but, you know, when, he, people, when he's talking about letting Daniel Jones get hit a little bit before the first game, like... There's a lot of coaches that you still across the NFL. They were not really talking about it. They're saying, "Hey, I don't want anybody to break my quarterback's ribs, but they need to get pushed to the ground. They need a little bit of smelling salts. That's the most
1: organic smelling salts you can have.
2: You know, like they've got to get a feel for that a little bit. Like this is unprecedented to not have any live competition before the game, especially for a young quarterback." No matter how limited preseason it is, like there's still the threat of getting hit. You have on the same color jersey as the rest of your team, and so I think Joe Judge is doing a good job. Like where they're at as far as wins and losses this year. You know, we talked they play the NFC West. That's going to be heavy, heavy sledding. I, I think you know the under is the big time favorite. I'm going to take the under the six and a half wins. I think Dallas is far better than they are. Philly's better on a roster basis, and Washington's about the same and so I think they probably split. They get beat up out of the division. I do think they'll look a little better than people think, but I think 6-10 and 10 is where the Giants come in.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, Bob. I think the floor for them is probably five wins, and I think the ceiling is seven. So I don't think there's much of a window that the Giants can get to. I'm going to take the under as well. I'm going to go with 6-10. and It's just all on Dan Jones. I think they're a few pieces away right now to at least competing in the NFC East. I'm with you. I think the Cowboys are better. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are better, depending on their injury issues. And we'll get to them in the 7 o'clock hour. And the Washington football team now... Who really knows with them, right? I mean, we're expecting a big year out of Dwayne and Terry and those guys, the Buckeyes, Buckeye East, and we'll see what happens. But I'm with you. I'm going to go with 6-10 and for the New York football Giants. So something interesting popped in my mind when we are talking about Dan Jones and Dwayne Haskins and all these young quarterbacks. If your NFL team is relying on a young quarterback this season, don't get your hopes up. We'll explain that next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing
0: Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. There's an accident on the north side. You will find the slowdown on I-71 southbound before 61. Also an accident on Fairwood Avenue at Livingston Avenue. Staples has everything to start the school year right at amazing prices this week. A two-pack of Elmer's glue sticks, a 24-pack of Crayola crayons, and a comp book are just 50 cents each. Offer ends 9-5 while supplies last. Limit 30. Limits vary online. Staples I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
0: Live, local, loud, very loud. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel.
1: Morning Juice here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel attacking and dominating our way. To 9 a.m. We here at Morning Juice are sponsored by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. I like an extra piece of toast. Schleg- Schlegs likes extra fries, extra yes. toast, extra lemonade, extra yes. iced tea, extra Arnold Palmer, double everything. And Carp just likes to guzzle down those chicken fingers by mm. the entire bucket full. So just absolutely fantastic. I may get that for lunch. It looks, I mean, sounds like a, fantastic little lunch option today. So we were talking about this in the last segment, right? We were talking about the Giants and, you know, Dan Jones and there are a lot of expectations for year number two guys, mainly them being Okay. The two guys who you're thinking of in the NFC East, which that's the division that we're going over today and Dan Jones and then Dwayne Haskins. But you posed something pretty interesting yesterday, Carp, where, you know, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick who leaves Dolphins camp and, you know, he's, he's, we don't know when he's going to come back to camp and he's, gets, he gets an extended absence because he learned that his mother passed away. And as you would, you know, take all the time you need to grieve about that and do, you know, the entire process that you need to, to get yourself you know, back into a state where you can come play football. Take as much time as you want. And so, you're reading over the it's very weekend.
2: Kind of you, Beam. Most NFL coaches don't think like that, but right breath. yes exactly but i man, do i think like, i may have heard one guy say under his breath one time like you can't bring him back so let's make let us move on. oh
1: my god I'm like, well anyways he didn't I would say be a to very... the
2: guy he said that about the guy when he wasn't there i'm like all right man like let's just back this off just a little bit okay let's just
1: pull that sucker down into like second gear all right let's give the let's give somebody i'd be very empathetic NFL coach and i would be like owen 32 so <laughs> it'd be okay i wouldn't be the best but you know what i'd be a big time players guy big time fan players <laughs> Kind of like
2: Michael, the Michael Scott of the NFL? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. I love inside
1: jokes. I hope to be a part of one someday. And um, so we were just talking about this. And so the Dolphins are a mess at the quarterback situation, right? So Fitzpatrick, you know that he's going to be the starter. And Schlegs, you said it yesterday. I mean, he's not a guy who is going to, to wow you, but he is a grizzled vet in this league, and he knows how to win football games. He's not going to do anything crazy. He's not going to throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. In a game, but what he's going to do is give you the best opportunity to not get blown out of the water and maybe win, right? And so there are a lot of guys around the league who have built their careers off of that. And so, with everything happening this year, Bob, I really do feel like, at least in my opinion, for the first four to six weeks, if you have a team that is relying on a starting quarterback who is in their first second or even third year in the league take it up to you know Cleveland for example with Baker going through a bunch of a multitude of different coaches not having the entire offseason to work out like he normal normally would in OTAs and a regular camp and everything being controlled as it normally is Joe Burrow down in Cincinnati being a rookie not getting acclimated to the point that he needs to I think he'll be a star in the end but I'm telling you what man I've got this weird feeling, Bobby, that the first four to six weeks you are going to see teams basically dominate if you have a veteran presence at the
2: quarterback position. Do you agree with that? no, I, th- I think you're accurate in saying that beam because you know I was looking through some of this stuff and um, you know, I've got some access to some nice little cutting tools that'll provide some stats and some different things that you can pull out And you know Daniel Jones, we were talking about you know his struggles last year. And how, you know, turning the football over. And at the beginning of the year, like his whole season, he averaged, you know, his touchdown to interception ratio was 2.0. Well, the last half of the season, it was three and a quarter. So it like goes up dramatically. So when you, you play these young guys like Kyler Murray improved, like, you know, their their completion percentage, their adjusted completion percentage, all these things for a lot of the rookies goes up in the second half of the year, even if. They don't win more games. And that's true for Dwayne Haskins, whose, you know, completion percentage jumped up in the second half of the year to where yeah. I want to say his passer rating was near the top. I, you know, I say near the top, like top, top 12 in the NFL, which, you know, that, that's really good. That's really good for a young quarterback. And so you have to go through some of those growing pains. You're going to throw some interceptions. You're going to take some bad sacks. If you want to be good. But this, this season is going to even be more stressful on those guys and it's going to be more difficult because they didn't get any offseason work. Number one, they didn't get to develop the rapport with their players and didn't get to develop a comfortability with the off- with their with their own system. But then also like there's a speed jump and there's a level jump. And mm-hmm. the windows that you threw into in college that look open in the NFL, a lot of times those are PBUs and interceptions. And so you have to learn to adjust to the disguises and everything that you're seeing from the defense and the w- where you can throw the football as well, and so you put all that into a pot. That's why Peyton Manning was not very good as a rookie. There's a lot of guys who struggled early on, and they get better in the second half of the season, even if it doesn't translate to wins. But it, it can be heavy sledding there for the first couple of weeks. Schlegs.
3: Yeah, and you know, as we were discussing this, I started thinking about it's like driving a car, right? Mm. So oh, here we go. I'm, <laughs> well, no, so, so we did this thing, right? We had all these boys, they started reading, you know, above the line from Coach Meyer, and if they read it, and I, I talked to them about it, and if they did it, we would start to teach him how to drive the car. Now I'm not teaching him how to go to the HOV lane and all the, the quirks of how you <laughs> can get out dude, of traffic, dude beside you. you know, 100%. Right. I, I didn't teach him all my ways, right? I'm trying to teach him the right way and <laughs> not you know, my driving, way, the yeah. right way.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be responsible.
3: Don't do what dad did. Right. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be honest with what I did, but I just don't want to see you make the mistakes. But that being said, we have awareness about us, right? We understand the proximity of a curb or, you know, there's that great movie, uh, what was it called? It was called Onward, right? It was a Disney movie came <laughs> that, out on That, on great,
2: movie. It is, that? It is a great movie. It is a great movie.
3: It's an awesome movie. I love that
2: movie. I was waiting for, like, something incredibly classic. like no. Uh, the no, Godfather or no, something
3: else, Onward. there's... There's a scene in there where the young brother has to get into oncoming traffic because the other kid was like miniaturized or something. Anyways, and he hadn't driven before. And it's kind of like that, right? So we, we as veterans, right? Adults that know how to drive understand the situation. They under, we understand how to change lanes and to look in our mirrors and stuff and young, Young drivers, they really don't have that. And so.
2: What, what about it, Chevy Chase like, getting caught in the roundabout in vacation? <laughs> Honey, <laughs> look, I factor yeah. Big man, parliament.
3: And there is roundabouts all over this st- Columbus, Ohio. They don't have roundabouts in Texas. We just got stoplights. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand this roundabout. It seems but like you a do have awful way of roads. getting an accident. Yeah, we do have access roads. Anyways, that being said, you know, we understand as older guys and, and really, if you're looking at the, the, the schedule for, for the Giants and Washington, right? Like they have vets that they're going against. You got golf, you got Dak, you got Wilson, you got Rogers, you got Breeze, you got Roethlisberger. Like all these guys have kind of been there, done that. They understand how it feels. And so they know the windows that you were talking about, Bob. They know how to control the game. But with the younger quarterbacks, the defenses, especially early on, are going to have the competitive advantage because they haven't been there. They haven't had all the same experiences, and so that's why I definitely agree with you that early on in this season, the teams that have the veteran quarterbacks and the veteran defenses to disguise their looks and to apply pressure to these young quarterbacks are definitely going to
2: have the advantage, Bean. I I will say this, Bean. Let me jump in. The one thing that will help these young quarterbacks this year is the fact that you will not have to deal with with any ancillary issues during the game. Sure. There's not going to be crowd noise. You won't have yes. to worry about silent great count. Point. Like You're not going to worry about the pass rush having a great jump on your offensive lineman because they can't hear anything. And so it's going to be a little bit more practice which is good and bad. Number one, I love the games because then I couldn't hear my coaches yell at me anymore, which is fantastic. <laughs> so true. And you, would, you could always have an out to where if you blew a call, you'd be like, why well, didn't get the check? Well, you gotta talk louder. We gotta communicate better out there. You're well, that's gonna not hear an everything. This year, sir. Yes. There's no ability to hide that now this season. And so that is one thing that will help. Like, heck, the coach can yell out on the field. Check to this, check to that. Like, you don't even need the headset anymore. They'll just be able to yell out like it's practice.
1: Sean McVeigh is gonna be able to talk in Jared Goff's head for five seconds, you know, left in the play clock. Like, we know it cuts off at what? 15, 20 seconds yeah. left. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be able to audible literally with 10 seconds left to go. So you're right. That's a fascinating point, uh, that I, that I really haven't thought about, but I, I, I do tend to think that it's going to be a struggle for young quarterbacks at least early on in the season until they get adjusted, uh, to the game and, and everything else with the speed. So I, I if, if I'm a betting man, I would say early in the season is going to be dominated by these veteran quarterbacks. All right. Hey, we're going to go to the national.
3: Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, Real quick, with Baker Mayfield last year, it's also imperative that the coaches get the plays in early for a young quarterback because they need time to digest what they're seeing from the defense. You didn't see that last year with Baker Mayfield. like The calls were coming in late. He was having to line guys up. Then he has to go take a look at the defense. Like You have to give those guys time to be able to do what they've been coached to do.
1: We're going to go to the national landscape and throw some quick hitters next. It's morning juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center...
4: This report is sponsored by EverStream, the business-only fiber network. The accident on the north side on I-71 southbound before 61 is keeping things just a little slow. And there is an accident on Fairwood Avenue at Livingston Avenue. At EverStream, the business-only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. EverStream's full-service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. EverStream, faster fiber, better business. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1. The fan traffic.
0: Big dudes, bigger opinions. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel.
1: Morning Juice here on the fan. Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel attacking and dominating until 9 a.m. every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. At this time, every single day, we're going to throw some quick hitters. Do it, Shark. Morning Juice
5: presents Quick Hitters. Sponsored by Columbus Wild Dogs. JermaineCars.com is bringing indoor football back to nationwide arena, and the work has already begun. For help with the community initiative, visit ColumbusWildDogs.com. Schlegs
1: and Carp. I know this is something that you guys are going to enjoy. News out of Raiders camp. How about this? Veteran Prince Amukamara has been released after Damon Arnett has apparently been excelling. So they go ahead and release a pretty good veteran cornerback. I know he doesn't have the speed that he used to, but how about that? Damon Arnett making some waves, and they release Prince Amukamara because he's doing so well, Schlegs.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show how good Damon Arnett is and all the kind of the flack of, you know, why'd you draft him so high? Like, they obviously saw it, and Bobby can attest to this. The dude is a dog, right? Like, he is a competitor. He is, He has character. He has swag. He's a good dude, and he wants to compete, man. And he's, it's just, you know, when you get a guy like that on a roster, it is very contagious. So, obviously, they're saying, you know what? You're going to be our week one starter. Attack and dominate. Go Bucks, Bob? And you know,
2: just you mentioned, the character, and it's a line that my brother got from Brian Kelly. Like, Damon Arnett is a character with character. Like, he is a dude that you want to have around. He's that straight dog. And when he got to Ohio State, and I, I lean on this all the time, he... Was a little bit aloof, a little bit immature. Not a bad dude, but would just kind of show up late for things and this and that. And he was on something they called Dom Patrol. And Don Patrol Dom was something Patrol you Uh-oh. never want to be on in the world. And, and this is before they changed the rules to where I think you couldn't work guys out before six. And Dave was in there at five o'clock before the workout every day doing like a preliminary workout. And they abused him for like six months. And I looked at him like, dude, I'm, I think I'm pretty tough and I can handle a lot. Like, I would have quit. I don't know how you continue to do that. I told him that. I'm like, I remember a senior year. I'm like, Damon, the fact that you are still here is unbelievable. It is a testament to your perseverance. I don't know a single other human being that would have been able to survive what you did. Like, you put yourself in this position. Now go do it, man. And he is, he's playing hard, he's tough. He's an attitude. I know why Gruden loves him. Because the attitude that he brings to his defense, that's probably why they want Raquel McMillan there too. Like, they want tough dudes. And they are definitely as tough as you can get.
1: That's fantastic to hear that he's doing so well out there in Vegas. How about this? Defending Super Bowl champ, Kansas City Chiefs, Bob, reached five-year extensions with GM Brett Veach and head coach Andy Reid. So keeping them locked up for a while. Nowhere to go because, boy, are they, they are still on top of the mountain.
2: Yeah, you look at this, Beam. I mean, should this be a surprise? Like, You have a really talented coach who proved that obviously can win in multiple places and finally getting over the hump in Kansas City. But – Look how talented their roster is and how they've built this thing, and now they've got a sustainable three- to four-year run because of how they've managed contracts and how well they've drafted. I mean, and they've taken some some flyers on some guys with questionable character, and guys that have done some bad things. Hopefully they can keep all that between the lines and, and make sure those dudes are on the straight and narrow. But they've assembled a roster that is plentiful with talent, Schlegs, and these guys were justly rewarded.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Beach is the guy that... Saw Patrick Mahomes for who he is, right? Everybody else passed on him. He didn't, right? And then you got a guy like Andy Reid. But well, before I make that point, he also brought in the honey badger, right? They signed Ooh. Chris Jones. They signed Travis Kelsey. All this with like limited cap space, so he was able to finagle all this and then give those players over to Andy Reid, who's been really, really consistent in the NFL. And now he has. Now he's sixty-two years old, and he enjoys coming to work. And guess what? It's going to continue because they're, the, they're the, the favorite to win the AFC and potentially the Super Bowl this year. So it just makes a lot of sense for them to re, to sign these guys to a five-year extension.
1: NFLPA President J.C. Treader, how about this? Speaking on behalf of the league yesterday, said that the players want daily COVID-19 testing throughout the season, Bob. And I can't see a reason why the NFL should not give in to those demands. They want to keep their players safe if the players want to test every single day, then that should be available for them.
2: Well, and the thing is, it is available now, thanks to Abbott, who is based out of Chicago, but I think that their nutrition headquarters are here in Columbus over on the east side. But they have the, it's like five bucks. It's not even cost prohibitive. It's a daily saliva test. That's what the NHL, NHL was using in the, their bubble. And it's only gotten better because the more tests they get through, they've been able to work out any of the, quote, kinks and any of the issues. And so why should they not? do this it's for safety and they can spare no expense and get it done
3: it's also kind of for peace of mind right as the guy goes in because again they're not in a bubble they're at home and so to be able to come in and you like you just get that validation like all right i'm code free today i get it i'm gonna go do my practice like that also kind of serves into the purpose of as to why they want to continue with the testing because it's been very successful and the dudes want to play a season
1: Yeah, they do. And I don't understand a reason why the NFL would not be able to handle that. All right, Shark, you can kill the music. Thank you very much. We're going to get you caught up with what's going on across the sports world as we hit you with the re-rack. Also, something that would literally scare the crap out of you. Give you details on that next. It's morning juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. We do have some areas of dense fog, so be sure and use caution as you head out this morning. You may need a little extra time. Fairwood Avenue at Livingston Avenue with police on scene. Baby area. Staples has everything to start the school year right at amazing prices. This week, a two-pack of Elmer's Glue Sticks, a 24-pack of Crayola crayons, and a count book are just 50 cents each. Offer ends 9-5, while supplies last. Limit 30, limits vary online. Staples. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
0: Wake up and smell the smelling salts. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and legs.
1: Hour number two here on Morning Juice, Brandon and Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel. High of 85 today in good old Columbus town. I see that there's a dense fog advisory mm. right now, so it looks to be just a little bit out of the city is where it's happening. It doesn't look too foggy, me looking out my windows, so I can't speak to everyone, but there is a dense fog advisory of high of 85 today. It's going to be mostly cloudy in Columbus, so a little bit hot and sticky before we cool off a little bit later this week. I mean, we're rocking and rolling until nine a m We just found out or not not that we just found out carp. you made us aware that it was Zach thomas's birthday today, and you've been texting him. you texted him happy birthday this morning,
2: yeah, you know I texted it was a little early, but most of the guys you know I, I played with had an idea of what their routine is like, whether when they got done they were to sleep until nine thirty ten o'clock every day, or some guys are going to continue to get up at six. Zach is one of those guys who I knew would be continuing to get up at six he lives beam it's probably your dream even though it's not on a golf course it's pretty much everybody's dream uh, my wife and i stayed there two couple of years ago when we went down to visit him and it's right on pompano beach oh. like his house is right on the water beach in the back there's a little strip of street and then the intercoastal on the other side so you can park your boat because you got to have that um on both sides so it's absolutely fantastic i text him you know a little uh a little gif of Spicoli this morning because all he <laughs> needs is some cool, bu- a cool buzz and some tasty waves. Goes out there and does some paddle boarding. <laughs> but when he comes to, came to Dallas, it was Zach, he was older. He was tech. He was, you know, I'm 25. He's 35 years old. And our food situation in Dallas was atrocious. Like, like, you'll know this place. Jerry not taking care of you? They do now. But back then, we had catering every day. Sometimes the catering was good, but the breakfast catering was always the same. It would have been like, not that it was bad. They didn't really put a lot of effort into it, it it, it was okay. Some most of the time, I ate the same thing every day, so it didn't matter. But we used to have Grandy's Schlegs. That was oh, oh my goodness! I love Grandy's, I know you do. (laughs) I love Grandy's. What is it? Grandy's would have been kind of the equivalent of maybe like a TJ's or uh, okay, like or a a fast um, food TJ's, okay, yes, like Like a a Shonies show, yes. Similar to a show.
3: No, it's a- not similar to Shoney's. It was way better. than I got a Shoney's like a story drive- and a Granny story. Okay,
2: Shoney's with a drive through window beam. That's basically okay. what okay. it was. And so they would come every day and have it. And the food, like, there were guys on our team, one of our fr- one of my friends, he's like, his cholesterol would go up 100 points during the season. Like, that's not a joke. It would go from, like, it was high to begin with, but it would go from, like, 190 to 290. Like, he was on, he had to get on Lipitor during the season. Zach, <laughs> Zach got there and, like, it wasn't near as hot as in Miami, and we didn't run as much. And so he we started lifting more. He started getting heavy. He started getting heavy. And he's like, gosh, man, like, like I like to play like, 230. I'm, like, 240 now. And he's not a tall dude. Maybe 225. And he's like, how do you eat this? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just nothing else to eat. And so Zach starts bringing his own food. And, I, you know, I, everyone would always make fun of him about it. He'd bring it in. He had, like, a chef that would cook up his meals and, like, portion control and everything. And... He's like, man. He goes, I'm not built like you. He's like, my brother Bart. He's like, he gets all the genes. I mean, Zach's like we talked about, five ten. You know, but he runs great player. He's my brother Bart, six three. You know, played safety. I think he hurt his neck or something, so he couldn't play like halfway through college anymore. And he's like, dude's ripped up. eats. You know, he can do whatever he wants. He's kind of like you. You know, you guys. He's like, you guys got all the good genes. And Zach Zach texted me that this morning. He's like, I know you're working out. You got those great genes and everything. He's like, he's like, you're like my. Then I would eat pretty good. He goes, but you're like my brother Barty. He goes, his idea of eating healthy is eating at Arby's. <laughs> he's like, I I got a portion control out of freaking brown rice and like and a couple eggs. I mean it was it was just amazing of how it was because he's like, I can't eat this food. He's like, I'll be 250. You'll have to roll me on the field. No, oh, it's so real, Bob. Grandy
3: just so everybody knows, Grandy, if you ever want to gain weight, remember I talked about it. <laughs> eat big, sleep was- big. Train big to get big, right? So eat big. So I needed calories, right? I wanted to gain weight. Well, how do you gain weight? Like Bob alluded to, you go to Grandy's. And when you get to Grandy's, you order the chicken fried steak. But what you do is you order a double, right? So I'm going to do a double chicken fried steak, right? Extra gravy. And double mashed potatoes. And I wanted gravy all over all of it. And then you would then I would take all the mashed potatoes and scoop them out of their little, you know, side compartment onto my chicken fried steak. So and then I would cut it up so that way every time I ate a piece, I'd also eat a piece of or some mashed potatoes. That's how you gain weight. That was probably three thousand calories in one meal and it was probably four bucks. It was amazing.
1: I mean, I don't even do that, and I, why do I continue to gain weight? What's because my you, don't, you, don't do, you don't work out.
2: You don't lunge, Beam. <laughs> you, you don't, don't lunge. You don't do the, the half-mile lunges.
1: I need to get on that. I did it yesterday. I did a little bit yesterday Good. before I went to play golf. How far did so you go,
3: Beam? How far went, did you lunge?
1: I went 25 yards yesterday is what I did. I was still a little bit sore from the 88 that I did a couple weeks ago. I'm not a even going to lie. Two weeks <laughs> later, my hammies still felt like they were going to explode from my body. You but You know what? I'm back of the before. horse. It's fine. Hold I feel up. I feel better today. I feel I mean, much better. I might do it again.
2: How do you know that soreness was from the lunges or rather from your wife setting you up for your walk when you had That's to sprint true. back two miles? Did we ever get into that with her yesterday? Discuss no. like I mean, you might want to request the screenshot of actually the weather that she saw on her app that day. You're saying that
1: she may be a saboteur and put me out in the rain just because to laugh at me?
2: Well, to no. laugh at you and think, hey, I mean, Brandon, we're gonna we're gonna up our uh up our cardio here a little bit. The walk's not getting it done. We're turning that walk into more of a yawg. And I'm going to send you out in the rain to make sure that I'll time it up so when you are the, almost at the furthest point from the house, that is when the rain will begin.
1: I mean, and, it, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. I'll tell you that. I mean, it really smart. wouldn't. Just she's the smart. amount of laughter that came out of her when I walked in just soaking wet was it was one of the funniest things that I can even remember. All right, Shark, it's time to hit a re
0: Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning,
5: it's time for a little re-rack
0: on Morning Juice.
5: Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the largest selection of pool tables in Central Ohio. So... MLB trade deadline was
1: yesterday, and the Reds and Indians both made moves, all right? So the big one was the Indians trade, right? So the San Diego Padres acquired pitcher Mike Clevenger in a deal with the Indians. So Cleveland received uh, right-hander Cal Quantrill, the outfielder Josh Naylor, and then catcher Austin Hedges, and then they got three minor league prospects. To me... I don't really understand why the Indians made the move. I guess it comes from you know the uncertainties that the Tribe's locker room had, that Clubhouse had, with Mike Clevenger and him breaking his COVID-19 protocol. Because we all know that they were up in arms about that. There was basically a mutiny. Half the locker room, or maybe not even half the locker room, a quarter of the locker room was defending Clev. 75% of the locker room was not. Apparently, they just needed to get him out. So you get... Quantrill, you get Naylor and you get Hedges. Okay, three major league players, but I don't see that being a, a big time move that is going to help the Indians win a World Series this year. He's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, Carp, and you can't come across that fast enough and how you get rid of him for that it doesn't make any sense to me maybe the minor leaguers in a few years is going to help you reopen your window but right now I don't see the Indians getting better this year to try and win a world series in a little 60 game sprint from this move that they made
2: no so this speaks to a couple of things because Cleve, like you mentioned not only is he one of the best young pitchers but he's salary controlled for the yeah. next couple of years so He use a finite quantity, he's even more valuable because you're not gonna have to pay him a ton a boatload of money. And you still get the free look. And it's not like you're just running him for the next twenty-five games or whatever the heck it is. You'd have him for more than that. And so that speaks number one to the true dysfunction in the locker room with him. And not not as an organization, but I guess I mean it's basically like gangs in New York in there, is what you're describing (laughs) to me. With how you know where people are drawing battle lines. Because some guys understand, hey, I don't care what he did. I want him to win because we know how good he is. Sure. And other guys are like, listen, he was a slap. You know, he lied, he he deceived us all, and we're sacrificing, and he's not. Get him out of here. And then also, given the way that the playoffs are structured this year, you have to have a willing trade partner. And there's so many teams that still think that they're in it. There probably weren't many that were willing to say, hey, you know, we'll take this, we'll do that. Like everybody still views this, and it's a weird year. Teams aren't really probably willing to spend a lot of money, even though you wouldn't have to spend money on him. I just think there's a hesitation this year, given the abnormality around the season.
3: Yeah, I, I would say with that, I mean, if you look at their pitching staff, you got Bieber, you got, what is it, Savelli? Is that right? Yeah, Savali, is that how you say yeah. it? Savali? I like that. I don't know what kind of nationality that is, but you got McKenzie, <laughs> right? So, I mean, you got pitchers there, but this is what the tribe has always done. They've always gone out and they've d- d- developed guys, developed dudes. And that's why I think this is. I mean, left field, let's not kid ourselves. The only person that kind of came to mind as a bat, and he's not really batting that well this year as far as an average would be like a gallo. Right? Could you go get him? But I also don't know where he is in his contract. But Josh Naylor, he's batting two seventy. Mm-hmm. Our dude, Santani,'s batting one fifty seven. Who's the other cat? Uh Allen, he's batting one sixty. So two seventy is better than one fifty and one sixty. That's good. I do know that, right? That's so math. Yeah, that's math. That's real. There's a greater sign there, right? Like it's greater than 150.
1: The alligator eats nice the bigger sign. Exactly. But the thing it's is the with,
3: with Lindor, yes. But with Lindor being gone after this year, if they're not going to re-sign him, they got to have guys in the system that they can bring up to have exactly what they had with Clevenger, which was an opportunity to not be giving them all this money and still perform at a high level. But again, the tribe has always done this. So you gotta you got to kind of side with them because it's been tried and tested. I think they can evaluate talent at a high level. So I'm going to give them a pass, and we'll see how this plays out over the next two years. But I also agree with you, Beam. It's like they, they, they didn't go out and get a guy that they know can make a difference for this year. They went out with, hey, we're going to rely on our pitching, and hopefully our guy's bats get hot at the end of this sprint, to carry us through the postseason.
1: Yeah, and exactly. And Mike Clevenger, speaking yesterday after he was traded, said that he was not surprised by the trade at all.
6: Riding the same roller coaster as everyone else for the last uh, 24 hours. It's been, you know, like for sure somebody, then for sure not the Padres, and then back to, you know, getting the call at 10 a.m. today and finding out that it is, in fact, the Padres. And uh, I mean, I really couldn't be more excited. This is exactly where I wanted to be, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and listen, the Padres are a good team, man. They're streaking. They're doing pretty well. You know, they it's they're unbelievable. They hit four grand slams in a row in four straight games. So that right there, you know, will tell you the kind of thing. And also, I mean, Mike Clevenger, look at him, surfer boy, boy out in San Diego. I mean, he's going to thrive out there. And I will just say this: so he finally, yeah, he really is, man. It looks like sunshine. He's got those tattoos. They'll look great out in San Diego. So I I saw this as well when he was doing this little media interview. He finally said that he was sorry for breaking protocol with the Indians hit it sharp I think we
6: all have uh you know some some hiccups and I don't think that that one one mistake in my life is going to define me or my career it doesn't define what I've done for the past five years what kind of teammate I've been and what kind of person I, I am and I'm I wasn't going to let that moment define me as a person going forward And I knew the changes that had to be put in place and you know maybe some self-reflecting that needed to be done was done and uh I just, uh, I never want to put any other organization, let alone, you know, the Indians in some predicament like that again. I never, never was a distraction before and I don't plan on ever being a distraction from anybody.
1: Yeah. And that was, you know, that was basically the only thing that you got from Mike Plevenger through this entire situation. Would he have been traded at the deadline if he didn't break protocol in Chicago? I don't know. I have no clue if that would be the case or not, but it was apparent, Bob, that, that uh, his teammates were very upset with them and they, they just had to move on.
2: Yep. And before we move on, Beam, I could tell you that I couldn't say with 100% certainty, but I would say with a high degree of certainty that he would not have been moved on from at this point in time with how good he is and what he's done and the fact that he's never had any issues before. And that was a big issue. And I think probably the worst part of it, Beam, is how he handled the back end. Everybody Mm -hmm. is going to make mistakes in their life. You're going to make bad decisions. Are you going to double down on it? And try to continue to press it and say, listen, I wasn't that wrong. Why are you guys getting us so upset? Or are you going to apologize to your teammates and stand up like a man, take your medicine and say, this is, I understand what I did and I was selfish and all these things. Cause people, we live in a forgiving society. Of course. And most people are very forgiving if you openly admit what you've done and you're willing to take your medicine. And usually people are like, okay, you only have to take half a teaspoon and not a full teaspoon. We feel bad for it. Like you were willing to do it anyway. And so that's good enough. But he didn't do that, and that's why it eroded to this point.
1: Yeah, it really did. And now Mike Clevenger, we're going to see him with the Padres. So best of luck to him. Hopefully this move pans out for the Tribe. Other big trade yesterday. So the Reds got rid of Josh Van Meter, Stuart Fairchild, and I don't know, some other guy who I'm not really too familiar with on the Reds roster. Anyways, they get closer. Archie Bradley, which is good for them because their pen has been basically hot garbage helpful. and then they get outfielder brian goodwin as well so it brings in a little bit of a bat i think the reds got a little bit better yesterday are they contending for a world series this year no probably not but that brings us to our daily fan poll which is sponsored by buyers imports by the airport and today's fan poll at 971 the fan.com which team at the deadline made the better moves the reds or the indians i will say this for this year for this season the reds made the better moves now Later on, who knows? The Indians could, you know, end up striking on those minor league prospects. But as of yesterday, the Reds made the better moves because the Indians gave away one of the best pitchers in the entire, you know, in the entire Major League Baseball. Like so, it's just I don't know, man. It's still so wild to think if Clevenger didn't break protocols, would he still be on the roster or not? So wild situation yesterday at the deadline. You knew it was coming, but they end up dishing him. All right, coming up next, our tour of the NFC East continues as we preview the Philadelphia Eagles. That's Next, it's morning juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. We do have an accident on the north side. Still I-71 southbound before 61. Watch for a bit of a slowdown. Also an accident on north of Livingston Avenue. And with some patchy fog out there, you'll want to uh, give yourself a little extra time to keep your speeds down. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
0: Protein shakes and energy drinks. The breakfast of champions. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlaggs.
1: Morning Juice! Here on The Fan, Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. You can follow along with the fun on Twitter at MorningJuice971. Weather today in Columbus as the fog seems to be lifting here in central Ohio. High of 85, mostly cloudy today. So if you 're like me with the pale skin don 't have to worry about those UV rays today, which is going to be quite nice going to be outside doing some things i 'm going to do thirty yards of lunges today i 'm going to increase my my workload mm. by about ten mm. percent, which is going to be fantastic so that 's great did twenty five yesterday we 'll go to thirty today and then we 'll go you. onward we 'll go onward and upward, and we 're going to try to do a quarter of a mile by the end of February of next year so i 'm telling for you what i 've got the i 've got the mindset. That it's going to happen. So we're going to keep plugging away at this thing. And with you guys and some some yelling over FaceTime and together and getting to the shop, I think I'm going to be able to accomplish that. So that's going to be a little fantastic challenge that I've got going. So we have been previewing the NFC East today. We did the New York Giants earlier on in the show. And right now we are going to head out east to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right, Schlag. So a lot of injuries on this roster right now. You look at the receiver room, they're beat up. They're, you know, early on pick, Jalen Rager. He is beat up. He's questionable. Alshon Jeffrey. We don't know if he's gonna play in September. You still have a lot of good structure. From the Super Bowl team, but it's aging. They're getting a little bit old. We have talked about their offensive line woes for a little bit. We don't know what's going to happen with that. And so you look at this team right now, their over-under is set at 9.5, which is a pretty big number, Schlegs. So it's even money on the 9.5. And then it's minus one thirty, so a slight favorite to hit the under instead of the over. So Anthony, ceiling for the Eagles, floor for them. And how do you think the season actually pays off, plays off for him?
3: Yeah, so ceiling twelve, floor eight. They were nine and seven last year, but again, it all depends on can Carson Wentz stay healthy. And you said you you mentioned it being they've had a ton of injuries, right? Uh, Diller goes down, so Peter's got to move over. He's wants some more money. You got their first round pick and and. Gregor, he goes down. He's out three to four weeks. You got Alshon Jeffrey, he's out. You know, they signed uh, Then they, they signed Zach Ernst again to a contract. You got two tight ends there that are really, really good. Um, but, again, it all goes, goes back to Carson Wentz, him being healthy. Malcolm Jenkins is gone. D-line's pretty much intact. Hargrave's out with a pec strain. He'll be back. They added all-pro cornerback Darius Slay. But then you look at their schedule and their schedule really is a clump of 3 games. The first three games you got Washington, LA Rams and the Bengals. Let's win those games. Hopefully, you start to get these other guys coming back because then you're going to run a gauntlet. San Fran, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Then you got Giants, Dallas, Giants, Cleveland, then you go Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans. That, that that's their entire season. It's it's the run of those three difficult games and how do they get through those games right so I really do like Carson Wentz the good thing as a backup you also drafted Jalen Hurts I really like him so you got a second best option there though a rookie but anyways at the end of the day I'm gonna go with the over just because I like this team and I like the quarterback Bob
2: you know I'd like to take the over because typically I always say life's too short to take the under I mean who's (laughs) cheering for people to lose uh, but you put the nine and a half, you put that hook under there, I think they're going to win nine games. I would say they've got probably a floor of seven. If their offensive line falls apart and a ceiling of maybe 10 or 11. Um, but I think they're probably going to hit right there around eight or nine. I think they can get their nine and seven and most likely make the playoffs. As you mentioned, it's like they had a lot of injuries last year. They're beat up right now on their offensive line. You know, They drafted Jalen Rager, who's a deep threat, to hopefully take a little pressure off Alshon Jeffrey and be able to give Carson Wentz that deep penetrator down the field and they take Hurts in the second round, I I did not like how they drafted because I think that they could have taken a linebacker in the first round and then still gotten a good receiver in the second round and filled bigger needs for them. They really didn't need a backup quarterback right now, especially a guy that you're taking that high. And so that was what was concerning for me. Carson Wentz, he's been beat up, but when he's been on the field, his numbers have been very good. He's been top ten in third down percent, uh, third down QBR, red zone QBR. Their their offense has been good in both of those areas, which is two of the critical indicators that I always look at because that's where quarterbacks get paid. You get paid to be good on third down. You get paid to be good in the red zone because that's points and it keeps drives moving. Uh, defensively, not as bad as what people thought. You know, their defense wasn't great last year. They did do some things well. Like I said, they needed that linebacker help and they were really beat up. In the secondary, and so those are two of the massive issues that they're going to have to face. They're going to have to find a way to top Dallas, and they got they got a big win against them last year when Dallas had everything on the line, you know. And Philly, you know, was beat up, and no one really expected them to do anything. Found a way to still get it done, but they're going to need to continue to see growth of Miles Sanders. Alshon Jeffrey's going to have to stay healthy and be a dude. Deshaun Jackson, getting him back. That's a huge threat. And Jalen Rager, like those two guys should be able to penetrate a lot, and they want to make this look like the Kansas City Chiefs' light offense. And that's what they're trying to do while trying to upgrade the defense, which they've done a little bit, and bringing in Darius Slay from the Lions, another huge piece, one of the best corners in the league. So they have a really good roster. Their offensive line age bothers me in the yeah. fact that they're beat up though, bean
1: yeah and that's the biggest thing that I'm looking at right now with the Philadelphia Eagles that nine and a half number scares the Sam Dickens out of me yep. I mean it really does Charles for the Eagles too. because they are they're Bob, they're one injury away on the offensive line from having a injury-prone quarterback be uh, smoked, and so what? that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you have you you get one or two in, more injuries to that O line, then Carson Wentz is at jeopardy, and then you're going to go with Nate Sudfeld or Jalen Hurts, and so it's. Like, that's what I'm looking at for the offensive line for the Eagles. If you can stay healthy, if they, if the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles can stay healthy, I think this team can compete and make a deep run into the playoffs. If that does not happen, on the other hand, I think it could be a crash and burn season for them. I'm looking at the floor for the Eagles at six. I'm looking at the ceiling for them probably at 11. I mean, it could go really any way. It all depends on the health of the team. I'm going to go under with the Eagles just because of their health. I, I mean, don't know. That's the unknown.
2: They're about one injury away from calling in Schlegs to play guard for them. <laughs> I mean, that's real life right there.
3: <laughs> i just get on that Grandy's train. Exactly. Really there you go. You up, can pump Schlegs. up. You'd be fine. I, I could pump up to 270 in like a month. Let's go. I mean, you
1: could get. You could play guard, right? I mean, you don't, sure. need big, you don't need guard, long man. arms to play guard. Right. You don't have to engage anyone. I mean, you're fine. Just run into them.
3: Yeah, I can do that all day.
1: All right, is there any chance that the Big Ten can move the season up even more? Also, I will give the scare the crap out of you story next. Mm. It's morning juice right here on The Fan. From the
0: Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. We do have an accident on the north side, still I-71 southbound before 61. That's right near exit 140. And an accident on Fairwood Avenue north of Livingston Avenue. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1, the fan traffic.
0: Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlags.
1: Morning Juice here on the fan. Hopefully everybody is settling into their Tuesday morning just beautifully. We here at Morning Juice... Our sponsored by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. I like the extra toast. Carb likes, carp likes to just guzzle them down by the chicken finger. Doesn't like yep. anything else. And then my guy, Anthony Schlegel. He likes extra toast, extra fries, extra sauce, extra yes. lemonade, extra yes. sweet tea, yes. basically extra everything, anything you can get your hands on.
3: Absolutely. Only I mean, way to fly.
1: It really is quite amazing. And then I was watching you with Letterman Rowe yesterday doing the stuff. And I mean, you were crushing those mac and cheese bites, man. Like it was quite the impressive thing watching everybody talk. And then in between sentences, you were just inhaling those suckers. So yeah, that was, that was do. pretty amazing.
3: I mean, honestly, mac and cheese that's fried in the shape of little, little paper footballs. <laughs> Carp, like, that what sounds right up your alley, that. doesn't it? I mean, you just throw one in and it's gone, you know? Yeah. I think there's eight in a basket. So I ate at least 16 of those yesterday while doing that little segment. That's yeah. awesome,
2: Schluggs. I have immense yeah. respect for you to be able to just slug those things down and just write down your gullet. I'm good you know. at that,
3: right, Bob? <laughs>
2: <We> <laughs>
3: and, hey, and that's how I break my fast, everybody. That's how I break my fast. I just don't eat at all from 7 o'clock at night till 1 o'clock. And then when I do, I go... All gas, no brakes, just high fried food, mac and cheese, Italian sub, Arnold Palmer, sweet and sweet with an a little bit of extra lemonade because I'm sweet myself. Mm-hmm. Right?
2: Oh, yeah. Of course.
3: Off till dinner time. Then I go work my face off, coach every little kid thing, and then I'm exhausted, and then I eat dinner, and then I go to bed because I'm exhausted.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. So I will tell you this before we get back into the Big Ten stuff. So I saw this, and of course, this comes from Australia. Yep. I told you I don't like playing road games. That's not my thing, right? I like the, the, the friendly confines of my home bathroom. That's where I feel like I'm the most comfortable. I'm the most safe in the entire world. That is my safe most- Safe the exactly. World. I really do. I feel That's like I feel That's like I'm, an, impenetra- I'm in an impenetrable fortress when I am there, sitting on my commode. So Be- listen to
2: this. Well, they listen do, to tell, the, you, well, they yeah, do tell you if you don't have a basement in a tornado to go into you know your, bat, your bathroom downstairs if you have one that doesn't have any windows. So I understand why you would feel so safe in there.
1: Yeah, there's just some sort of comfort level when I go in there, Bob. When I go into anybody else's, I just don't have that same feeling. There's nothing like going to your own. So listen to this. A woman in Australia was shocked to discover the cause of her broken toilet. According to the Mears' Sophie Pearson, she lives in a farm in Queensland, Australia. The 25-year-old had been experiencing problems with her toilet, toilet which refused to flush properly. She said, I went to the toilet, then I went to flush it, and I really had to push down on the button to get it to work. Also, fun fact, the water spins the opposite direction in Australia, because of it's south of the equator. So ours goes clockwise, there goes counterclockwise. So that'll blow your brain up, Schlegs. Yep. So he said, I was a little bit confused. Mr. Pearson explained to 7 News, so I figured I would just pull the top off and check what the issue was when she removed the lid she was stunned to find four tree snakes coiled around the cistern four there were four was wondering why my toilet was so hard to flush and there you go you got four living snakes in your toilet i see a spider in my house and i shriek I cannot imagine opening up the tank on your toilet to see four <laughs> damn snakes living in there. I'm out. I would never feel safe again. I would feel so betrayed going to my safe space betrayed. and then having that. I mean, I mean, E2 Brute? Seriously? Like, I'd I'd lose my mind. I wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom for the rest of my life, I don't think.
2: The fact Poor being you're able to work in a Julius Caesar quote in there is pretty <laughs> impressive. Your, your high school English teacher should be very impressed. And proud of you for doing that. Now, here I'll tell you how to mitigate some of those issues. So if you go to if you go up to the shop, I don't when you were up there, I don't know if you went into the restroom facilities, but Schlegs just has the tank right off the top in the back, like no top on there, so you can look. So no sneak attacks then. Yeah, no sneak attacks. The snakes. I mean, if they want to go in there, you know where they're living, and so you can see all the inner workings, the gears, you know, the seals and everything that's going on. He does that, I think, maybe for the snakes, but then also for the (laughs) fact. You know, for people leaving upper deckers. So that's something else that you have to look in, Beam. Like, if you were given, if people gave you an upper decker every now and then, that would probably kill the snakes that would live up in the toilet tank for you. Well, the reason
3: I have the top off, Bob, is because I had it, the the toilet was always running because of the stuff that was inside. Time out.
2: By the way, Beam, sign on the bathroom door. Please make sure the toilet's not running. It'll run up my water bill. Schleg's left before me the other day, last guy to use the bathroom. I went and turned the t- water off on there for you, because you <laughs> left it running because the toilet was flowing because the seal wasn't down the way, and I went and fixed it when I was in a hurry as well. So that's what you're get, welcome. Th- I mean, I'm a good friend. Or,
3: you know what, Bob? Thank you for doing that, man. That's a good teammate right there. And I tell you what why do they make toilet parts so cheap? Like that is the problem. Like the water is not raising up the little bulb that's in there. Why why can't we have the old school ones where the bulb was like on this rod that went and dipped down and then you could bend it accordingly. So where it would stop when it rose, right? You could just bend it yourself. But now they got these high tech little, you know, bulbs that rise up and they get caught on crap. And you know, I I have no clue how to fix it. And when I was reading this story, I was thinking a couple of things. One besides the snakes, Man, that must have been a huge dump, right? Two, could did she put too much toilet paper in there? And then three, you know, and you talked about how snakes would make you have to go crap. Mm. I mean, then you also have a squatty potty. You know what I'm saying? Squatty so potty. There's a couple of things in there. I actually bought my wife a squatty potty for Mother's Day as a gag gift. But, yeah, I mean, snakes making you go to the bathroom, I understand. And, Beam, I feel bad for your wife that a spider makes you shriek like that.
1: Well, I'm sorry. She has to kill him. That's, a, that's the rules what? that we drew up in our marriage. Yeah, of course. You know Come what? on now.
3: She must really love you.
1: She really Be- does. she I don't know what I bring to the table. I have no I'm gonna, clue. You bring I'm going to take
2: you to the zoo. We're going inside <laughs> the spider, the arachnid house and the insect. And Shlegs and I are going to force your face up to that glass, and you're going to stare him down. And they're going to get the evil out of you inside. And we're going to just look them right down, stare them in the eye, face your fears, and then we'll be good.
1: It's basically like the scene out of Harry Potter. You're going to do that, and the glass is going to shatter, and I'm just, I'm not going to be the same. I'm not going to be the same person at all. But I, here's my thing with spiders. So that's fine. If you're in the basement or you're in a common space where you're allowed to be, where you're doing your job. Then that's okay. If you're in one of the living spaces or a bedroom, you gotta go. I gotta go get Meredith to kill the spider, so it's fine. So I just uh, they cannot be in any common spaces. But in the basement, like crawl space, like you're good. You're supposed to be hanging out down there. I've got no problem. As soon as you come into the middle living space, though, poof, David Copperfield well, Schlegs, got to get out of here. One of the
2: one of the good thing about Schlegs' bathroom up at his his shop too is being like if you're gonna go in there now. You know, back in the day, you know, when you have to get warmed up for practice, coach have you take a lap, do a static stretch. Well, everybody now is into these dynamic warmups. And so the good thing for schlags is if you're going up there and you've got a leg workout coming in, beam, the toilet's like literally twelve inches off the ground. And so you get like a full deep squat down there, you know, you stand up, (laughs) then you go to wash your hands. And Schlags has this big, huge industrial thing of soap that's so big it won't sit on the sink. So then you have to squat back down because it's on the ground. To get a couple pumps to that, stand back up. And so it's almost like getting a little up and down squat over under some hurdles in there. So by the time you exit, like, you're fully ready to lift. You got a little sweat going, you're feeling good about life, and you're fully warmed up. Yeah, and it's super hot in there because like there's like one little fan <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. in the bathroom. So not only are you doing your dynamic warm up like squatting because that's what we talk about—chest up, eyes up, abs tight, set the hips like you're squatting over I a don't, hole. See, right? I don't
1: need all that to go to the
3: bathroom. Like
1: I'm, I'm good. I know that you guys are. Like I just, I'm fine to just sit. Like I don't own, need the I'm, full I'm dynamic warm up to go though. to the
3: bathroom. But I'm a super fast dumper. Like I want to get in and get out and get on with my day. I'm ready to go. I'd like to just
1: hang out in there. I told you it's of course my you safe do.
3: space. you of probably you bit probably a probably
1: That's where I, that's where all my best tweets come from. You're right. How dare you give, how dare you give away my secrets here on this show? All right. So a lot of fun stuff in that segment. You know what? That really got me juiced talking about spiders and my wife killing spiders and all this different kinds of stuff, snakes and toilets. But you know what? Coming up in our next segment, we are going to let you know what has us juiced here on a Tuesday. It's morning juice right here on the fan
0: from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services
4: Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. The accident on I-71 southbound before 61 has cleared, so traffic in that area is moving a bit better. Heading out, though, still watch for some patchy, dense fog. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
0: We men, one show, all the beef.
2: Unicorns, show ponies, where's the beef?
0: This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel.
1: Morning Juice here on the fan. Brandon, Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel. If you would like to join in on the fun on Twitter, you can do so at Morning Juice nine seven one. High of eighty five degrees here in Columbus as the fog is starting to lift as we inch towards the eight o'clock hour. It is going to be mostly cloudy today, but this time every single
5: day, it's time to get juiced. Hit it, shark. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Carp on a Tuesday.
2: What's got you juiced, pal? Holy smokes, babe And so I was thinking about this last night. And I, you know, we talk about we've got the movie stuff. And I'd like to throw out here to any anybody and everybody, throw it at me at Twitter, at Bcarp3. You know, my kid, what movies are out there? Good 80s, 90s movies that my kids haven't seen yet. My kids range in age from 11 to 4 or 10 to 4. Have we done really, heavyweights? Yeah, well, exactly. We'll focus on more of the <laughs> of top end. We'll get that in there. But we've seen all the Star Wars, all the Marvels, all the Indiana Jones um Goodness, I'm trying Back to, to the think. Future? They have not. You know what? That's one that, that we'll get in there, Shlikes. That's a good point. But uh, we've seen a lot of the Disney movies, all that stuff from Disney+. Plus. And so last night, I wanted to get them in on one. And my son, we just finished up my uh, first grader's uh, flag football practice. And I'm like, you know what? What would be a good movie? I was thinking about this, trying to figure it out. And I was like, you know what, guys? We'll watch. We'll put on. Remember the Titans. Like, oh, that sounds good. Have you seen it? No, thankfully, because my dad watches movies with them all the time. So usually it's always we saw that at grandpa's. Thank you, dad, for not allowing me to share anything with my kids. You (laughs) like to come in and commandeer all the opportunities. But they had not seen it yet, and I'm thinking, you know what? With everything going on in society and where we're at right now, and like the fact that my kids have played football and like you know my daughter plays soccer, like it's just it'd be a great time to share how sports can unite and bond us together and so i'm watching that movie man and you know as cheesy and as corny as some of the stuff is and it in the the uh poetic liberties that are taken you know and with being creative and it it, but it's pretty sound and a lot of the things go along with the story and it's it's fairly accurate and i was just watching that movie man and my kid my my oldest son it's like man that you know in the late in the movie's like this this team is a brotherhood like this is awesome and it was just so exciting for me to hear that from him and to watch and to watch that movie and to understand like what football did for me in my life and the people that it allowed me to meet, the people that it introduced me to, that I became friends, the bonds that I was able to have, the experiences that I was able to get from people who may not have the same background as me or look like me. And it, it just broke. it. it it angered me. It broke my heart all at the same time for the fact that they're not playing football in the Big Ten and Pac-12. And it excited me all at the same time that they're still playing high school football in Ohio. Because to see those things and to see what sports can do at large. And we talk about football because it's you know one of the more diverse sports you're going to have. But really sports in general, it's going to bring you together with people who you may not share anything else with for a common purpose and give them the ability to understand each other and to work together and to maybe break down some barriers that you didn't think you'd be able to do. And watching, remember the Titans that last night, like a lot of that happened again for me. And I'm an emotional son of a gun. I'm watching that movie and thinking, gosh, like half in tears. But you know, and Schlegs knows that about me. Like I run on all ends of the spectrum all the time and it's, it's fantastic. But gosh, like watching that thing, I'm like, this is so super corny, but it's so awesome all at the same time. And I was so juiced up, and I saw that. I'm like, this is where we're going tomorrow. This is what we're talking about. It, like I said, excited me for high school football, angered me for the Big Ten, and awesome that I got to share that with my kids. And hopefully people around Ohio and the rest of the country are experiencing some of that now that sports are playing in some areas. Go, Schlags.
3: Bam, I love that, Bob. That's That got me just just hearing you talk about sure it. Did. You're absolutely on point. Um, what got me juiced was uh, yesterday was my my kids' first day of school in Worthington. And I can honestly tell you the teachers were on point. So a huge shout-out to all the teachers. And, again, my wife's in education, being your wife's in education, yep. the teachers. You know, really, I'm juiced for the fact of all the preparation that goes into online learning or the hybrid learning or adapting or getting the classroom set up to make – the Make it the best learning experience possible for their students. It's not normal, but you know what? They're doing it. So thank you for all the time, energy, and effort you do for all the kids out there. That is a, a big time high GSF exclamation point times five. That got me juiced. What got you juiced, Beam?
1: Yeah, it's all GSF, man. For the teachers out there, whether it's virtual learning, whether it's distance learning, or going back into the classroom, it's pretty amazing uh, how our public educators and private educators educators are are pulling this off. So, uh, well said there, Schlegs. What got me juiced? Well, I'll tell you what, Juice Vampire Jake Ballard didn't play golf yesterday with me. I think he was. I think he was. <laughs> Juice I think he
3: Vampire. was. Yeah, I think That's he was. That's a real was, thing, too. By the way, everybody.
1: I know. I think he was a little bit nervous. I think he was a little bit scared. He called me when I was on my walk yesterday. He said, Hey, I did something while I was lifting weights. I can't really move. And I'm like, Yeah, sure. I just don't think he wanted to play with me. And then, anyways, so what got me juice was yesterday I played with my former co-host, Timmy All, who you can hear on the Buckeye Show weeknights at six right here on the fan. And I hadn't beat Tim in about a year. It has always been close. I demolished him by yes. six strokes yesterday, straight up. Way just to go, took dude. him back behind the woodshed and just torched him that's what got me juiced it was fantastic it was an unbelievable day it was beautiful out i didn't sweat it felt like we were living in monterey peninsula and so i beat timmy hall for the first time in a year but juice vampire jake ballard wasn't there to see it but anyways that's what's got that's what had me geared up i was so excited that competitive monster comes out of me on the golf course and it was uh it was awesome man it was uh, one of the most fun rounds i played in quite a while all right we're gonna get you caught up with what's going on across the sports world as we hit you with the re-rack next it's morning juice right here on the fan from the
0: atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
4: This report sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. We do still have some areas of fog, so watch for a bit of a slowdown here and there. Also, keep in mind, Claycraft Road over the east out about Lane. After the overpass was hit, they're working on some repairs there. Expect the one lane available through October. With thousands of locally owned Napa Auto stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
0: Sure we do to appreciate a hearty breakfast what's better than this guys being dudes now back to morning juice on the fan
1: Morning Juice here on The Fan. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. Fun little third hour coming up. In our next segment, we will get into the Washington football team, preview them, as I like to call them, Buckeyes East. You know we got the Dwayne Train, Terry McLaurin, and then the Predator, Chase Young, out in D.C. right now getting ready to lock and load. At 8.33, we're going to talk to our good buddy, also Buckeye, John Keim, who is a reporter for ESPN. He covers the Washington football team, also hosts the John Kine Podcast. He will join us at 8.33 to go over that team's expectations for this year. But right now, it's time to hit a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning,
0: it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice.
5: Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the largest selection of pool tables in Central Ohio. I know this is probably one
1: of your guys' favorite movies of all time. And Uh, Carp, I know that for sure it's one of yours. So Sylvester Stallone has revealed that Rocky IV. All right, Rocky IV is coming up. we got a new director's cut that is is going to be coming out soon, and one of the most either beloved or hated characters in that entire movie is going to be going away. So, Pauly, his robot maid, is no longer going to be in the film. The one that always makes fun of him, he makes fun of her, they change voices up all the time. Sylvester Stallone said in an interview that the robot is no more, quote, I didn't like the robot anymore so they're just gonna throw him out of the equation
2: well you know the move the the robot was polarizing at the time it was viewed as get, groundbreaking i mean i thought we were on the track to the jetsons you know at that point it's mid 80s and by the way i didn't realize that rocky ford this has to be something that's a rarity was the highest grossing and most successful movie of the series Number one, because it helped defeat communism. Yeah, uh, united united the <laughs> sure. everyone under the American flag, and you know, obviously, you know, exposed the rest of the world to the greatness that, that can become, and, and how sports can do some things like that. But I, I the ro going back to the robot, like, I'm sad. Like I don't see a reason to pull the robot out. Like. It's not like the robot is like a racist, homophobic robot. Like there's nothing negative about the robot. It's not like it's, you know, it's not taboo now. It's not something you look at and say, I don't know if you could do that today. You go back and watch a lot of other older movies and some of the things that are said. Yeah, can't say that anymore. Yeah. You're like, Oh, yeah, like that wouldn't fly now. It's a robot. Robot for heaven's sakes! And it's as much as I really didn't like it when I first would see the movie. Like it's part of its slags. Like I don't want to see Polly lose his
3: robot. Well, here at the end of the day, for me, why I love the movie besides the fight scene are the training scenes. Like the training scenes are what made me want to train. When I walked into the gy- Metroflex gym <laughs> at twelve years old, and I saw four thousand square feet in a warehouse with no AC mm. and loud music. And bodybuilders and power lifter, lifters and everybody just, you know, going hard. I'm like, this is just like Rocky four. Like, that's what I saw. So hopefully we cut out the three minutes of the robot and we gain three minutes on the training uh, scenes. That's what I'm hoping for.
2: That's I the mean, only way he can how, make it better. How's he gonna train Schlag? I mean Sly's like seventy years old now. No, Maybe but he's, he's already in seen. it.
3: I guarantee you they have other footage of it. he was doing some crazy stuff out there in Russia. More you know, mountains before eight. Just Do kidding. They
2: have the the footage of him getting in the tanning bed Because I've often wondered how (laughs) Sly, after training in Siberia for two months, comes out fully bronzed up. Like, buddy. Snowburn, Bob. It's a real thing. (laughs) Is he training without a shirt on? I mean, holy smokes. What are we talking about? Of course he is. I mean, he's out there in Siberia, climbing
1: up the mountains. Yeah. Of course he's without a shirt on. You got to defeat communism some way. And that's the way that he felt. So no, (laughs) no more robot in the director's cut of Rocky Four.
2: By the way, after he yells Drago from the mountain peak, it's the sun is like setting. Has anyone ever wondered how he gets down in the dark? He said that's like a
1: six hour trek back (laughs) down is the way
3: it looks to be. It may be even a few days. The snow reflects whatever moonlight you have left so oh, yeah. you can navigate it.
2: That's right. How about, the, how about the bears and the wolves and everything else? You're in the middle of Siberia. You
1: think those Siberian wolves are messing with Rocky? No way. He knows what's <laughs> exactly. about. They know what what's about to happen to Drago. They want no part of Rocky up there. So a sad loss in the sports world yesterday. You had unbelievable legendary head coach John Thompson. He passed away at the age of 78. Some of the all-time greats weighing in on what john thompson meant not only for the game of basketball but life in general here was coach k remembering john thompson Hit it show. got a text at one o'clock this morning from doc rivers just saying that john had passed and couldn't go to sleep he just he was
7: a, not just a giant he was one of a kind you know i loved him and admired him i've been in meetings with him where His voice was so needed, and we heard it and followed his instruction. And obviously, he's a great, great coach. But what he did off the court for not just his community, but for the African-American community and for Georgetown is remarkable.
1: Yeah, and it really was. And you had a litany of Hall of Famers, all-time greats weighing in on what John Thompson not only did on the court, uh, but for his communities as well. Maybe his most famous player, his most famous player to ever you know, be coached by John Thompson was Patrick Ewing and what he did for Georgetown basketball. And Patrick Ewing, he weighed in on uh, the coach's legacy.
5: He's a person that was fighting racial inequality for pretty much all his life. So all the things that people are fighting for today, he he was fighting for for back then. And when he when he protested those games, that was all to uh, play it forward. That's one of the things he wanted us to do. To, is as players or guys or who play for him is to make sure that we play it forward. Leave this world a better place than we than it was when we uh, when we were roaming around.
1: He will be remembered for. You know, what he did on a basketball court and who he coached and how he coached with Georgetown when he brought him into the scene. He will forever be immortalized, though, Bob, for what he did off the court and what he did for his players and the causes that he stood up for.
2: Oh, yeah. Whenever you hear about a coach passing or retiring, you know, no one ever focuses on the players. None of the players will ever focus on, you know, the games. They always focus on the relationships that they had. And to listen to this, you know, John Thompson to me was. Part of you know the era of basketball I grew up with, you know, Knight, Coach K, Jim Beheim like all of these guys, Gene Cady, you know, there's yeah. Lou Olson, you know, from the 90s, 80s and 90s, like where I considered, you know, the high point of college basketball before they got in the one and dones and all this, like you would have guys stay and you'd see them grind and develop. And, I mean, John Thompson made Georgetown University like a basketball school. I mean, didn't even know where it was when I was growing up. And so... You know, he did an unbelievable job with that, developing those guys on and off the court. But also, one of the things I learned today that I had no idea—I mean, I assumed John Thompson had played basketball. Obviously, he's you know super tall, mountain of a man, you know, six nine, six ten. But I didn't realize that he was on those Celtics teams in the eighties or in the sixties and seventies, where he won a couple titles. There, a like, guy had no idea about that with his playing career. So. You know, you find out new things, Schlegs, about these guys and the impact they have, but also about you know what they've done in their life that is never really talked about.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned this, Bob, but what he did off the court, right? Just like us, like what you do off the field, whether you're a college football coach, strength coach, player, you know, to the people that matter the most to you, right? They're going to remember all the things that you did for them, right? So what do you want your legacy to be? Is it about what you did on the field? Absolutely not. It's about how you serve them. It's the relationship. And that relationship is built on trust over time and that you've always had their best best interest at heart. And I could say that for a lot of my coaches, and I know you can too, but the other thing that Patrick Ewing said was he taught them to continue. I think he said, play it forward. Yeah. And we always at Ohio State say, said, pay it forward. And that's why... You know, the legacy of a Tress and a Coop and an Urban and a Woody Hayes and those guys is that you see Ohio State Buckeyes in our community paying it forward. And that's the legacy as a coach that, that, that you want to leave to your student athletes and to your players. And John Thompson is a guy that that did that for for his young men. And that's what they're remembering. And it's, it's great that we honor him in that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Big news out of yesterday as well. This came down that so we know that the, the the Nebraska football players were going to sue the Big Ten. They had a lawsuit that was going to sue the Big Ten. They wanted answers. So this came out yesterday from the Big Ten themselves. Big Ten presidents and chancellors actually voted eleven and three, 11 to three. Excuse me to postpone the fall season. The league confirms in a brief response to the Nebraska players lawsuit. Brief outlines that the decision based on multiple medical factors applying to four. 14 schools. Two groups of experts advised the league. League sources tell ESPN that Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa Schlegs were the three schools that voted against postponing the season. The other 11 were in coordination with each other that they wanted to postpone. So the vote was actually official. You had three schools that wanted to play, those schools being Nebraska, Iowa, and here right here in Columbus with Ohio State. So that vote was actually official. It did take place.
3: Yeah, and so to me the I have so, I have such a hard time with this because the arrogance of the Big Ten to then say that they called the suit a baseless complaint, a baseless complaint from the student athletes that you serve. How is that baseless complaint? Right. You serve them ultimately. So that got me juiced. Right. I like the fact that we finally got some bylaws of how, you know, one that there was a vote and how they had to have 60% of the Big Ten university presidents to potentially postpone the season, and they got that. Okay, good. The inability of the schools to have contact, uh, contact tracing and testing and prevention guidelines, I, I understand that, but they really didn't give us the other information as to how they came about this and the timing of it, which then goes, to, which then goes into, did you have this information before you gave the schedule on August 6th? Did you just get it in that one week? right, before you canceled it on August 11th? Did you only share it to the Pac-12? Why wouldn't you share this groundbreaking information on these studies and from the medical experts with the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC? There's still a lot of questions. And guess what? Keep, make, keep raising your voice, student athletes and parents and everybody else on Twitter. And now that we know how they voted, guess what, donors? If you don't like how they voted, you, have, you control the money that you donate to those schools. Do something about it. Bob?
2: No, and you're you're right, Shaleggs. Like that's the thing. Like they talked a little you know, contact tracing and you know the pandemic and we relied on our team of scientists, but there really wasn't any quantifiable data. There were no numbers that were posted in there saying, hey, the rate the infection rate here is too high, there's this, there's that, there's these you know too many on some of these teams. Like they pointed to more qualifiable things that you are not able to measure that are just simply theories out there. Not that they're not accurate and not that okay, contact tracing and testing. Well, did you actually try to find a way to mitigate those situations? Why wouldn't you just delay it for a month and see if you can find a way to improve it? Yeah. And how important are some of those things? And not that they're not important, but when you're having your players that are able to play and practice and they are doing a great job with their numbers, and the fact that they're like Michigan, I don't think they had any positive tests, at least for a, a long time. Ohio State, a few early on, did a great job after that. Like you're doing all this stuff like those are the things that they should have been looking to. Stuff that's actually quantifiable beam instead of just these overarching theories. And so the presidents got leaked out of who voted yes, who voted no. And so I'm curious to see and I need to find a way to start getting some information out of some of the, you know, the Penn, the Penn State crew, the Michigan crew. Like. You guys say you care about football. We know you're fans. We think you do. What are you guys doing to ratchet up the pressure now on your presidents to make sure that they understand your displeasure for their vote?
1: I just don't understand why you know the Big Ten just didn't come out in their statement and said, "Hey, you know, we had here here were the votes, right? Like, why leave it to to people trying to get information? Just come out and say, like, all right, here, Ohio State, Nebraska, Iowa, they voted to have a football season. They didn't want to postpone it or cancel it. They wanted to wait a few weeks to see what happens. The other eleven didn't do so, and it's just uh, it's still wild, man. I, I still don't think it's over. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid, or maybe I'm just." Uh, kind of naive, but I, I still don't You're think that... Yeah, I, yeah. I guess optimistic would be the right word. And I still don't think that this fight is over. I mean, you're still going to have parents' associations all around the conference. You're still going to have players demanding answers. And the lack of communication still among the Big Ten has been pretty awful. I mean, it's you know you want to talk about the transparency that you have, and you get this blanket statement yesterday that just releases the votes and doesn't come out with any other information. It's been, uh, it's been a pretty wild situation, and I still don't think that this saga is going to be over. All right, coming up next, In our NFC East preview, we're going to take a look at Buckeyes East at the Washington football team. That's next. It's morning juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center...
4: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. We do have some areas of fog out there this morning and an accident on US 42 at Section Line Road. Watch for some delays. Staples has everything to start the school year right at amazing prices. This week, a two-pack of Elmer's glue sticks, a 24-pack of Crayola crayons, and comp books are just 50 cents each. Offer ends 9-5, wall supplies last, limit 30. Limits vary online. Staples. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Track.
0: Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 930? Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on the fan.
1: Morning Juice! Here on The Fan, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. You can follow along the fun on Twitter at MorningJuice971. Beautiful little day that we got lined up here in good old Columbus Town. High of 85, mostly cloudy today. So a fantastic little Tuesday. Hopefully everybody is starting their week just fine. Reds last night, they lose to the Cardinals. DeYoung hits a grand slam. I went to bed immediately after that. Saw DiSclefani struggling in the 90-pitch range. Literally, as soon as the ball left the bat, I knew it was gone. Flipped the TV off, went upstairs, went to bed. So the Cards beat them 7-5. to Indians lose to the Royals. Shane Bieber, unbelievable again. I mean, what else is new in this world? He gave up four walks, only one hit. But the Tribe's bat did not wake up at all. Mm. They lose to the Royals two to one. Trades yesterday. Archie Bradley and Brian Goodwin head to the Cincinnati Reds. Their big piece was Josh Van Meter that they gave up and then the Indians ship off Mike Clevenger to the Padres. So I know that there had been a lot of trade talk about Mike Clevenger. Where is he going to go? I knew that the White Sox were interested as well. The Braves were interested, but it ended up being the San Diego Padres were the ones who pulled the trigger in return. You got you got right-hander Cal Quantrill, outfielder Josh Naylor, and then catcher Austin Hedges. I'm not entirely sure if that is going to make you better immediately, but hey, maybe in a few years, you also got three minor league prospects as well, so I'm not entirely sure what the Indians were doing, but apparently they needed to get him off the books, and he was being a bad teammate. The team did not want him there, so they shipped him out to the West Coast, and they don't have to deal with him. right, so we've been doing our NFC East preview today, and we have already done the New York football Giants we have done the Philadelphia Eagles this takes us now and we head east the Washington football team Buckeyes East as I like to call them Schlegs. Listen, the storyline for this team we know, and we're going to talk to John Kime of ESPN coming up in our next segment to see how the Buckeyes are doing out there in Washington, what the expectations are. It's year number two for Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne did not get the start last year. He ended up being the starting quarterback by the end of the year. He played pretty well in his last four or five games. There were a couple rough patches for the Dwayne train, but that's alright. His rookie season, you're expecting that to happen. He doesn't have a whole lot of guys to throw to. We know that Terry McLaurin is out there that's fantastic you just used the number two pick in the draft to take chase young who i think is going to be dynamite for the washington football team but listen their defensive line is actually pretty nasty i saw jonathan allen he left practice yesterday but their d line has the possibility to be one of the best in the entire league with the addition of chase young other than those guys, though, you're looking and saying who else? So you look at the over/under for the Washington football team. Five and a half is the over/under. They're minus one ten on the over. They are minus one twenty on the under. So you're not getting a great return on your money either way. Schleg's ceiling for them, floor for them, and the actual number for the Washington football team.
3: Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to uh, John Kyle about this. Uh, you know, the next the next segment. But that being said. What was it it again? Four and a half? Five and a half. Oh, shoot, man. I had my ceiling at five, so I'm already (laughs) over. You know what I'm saying? I had my ceiling at five and my floor is two. Here's what I like about him. I like Ron Rivera. He's also a guy that's going through cancer right now, but I like him as a coach. I know his strength coach. I know where he was at Carolina, and his coach is down there. I just like him as a dude, right? So then you have Dwayne Haskins. We, we, we read all the things about Dwayne's leadership. And last year, I think he really took it seriously this offseason. You know what? He's coachable. Hey, I need to do these things. You also got Terry McLaurin there, your buddy, right, who's holding you accountable and working. And we saw that. He really has to step up this year. The thing is, can you protect the guy? And what other weapons do you have besides Terry McLaurin? Who had over 900 yards as a rookie? Terry is a dog; like he is fantastic. But who else is there? And then you got Adrian Peterson. You also got a, a you know a third round pick in Gibson from Memphis. But like, what is really there from an offensive standpoint, especially when on third downs you're ranked dead last in the league, which then goes to the defensive side, and you couldn't ever get off the field either on third down. But like you said. I like their defensive line because you got the Predator, but you also have, what, Sweat and, or Sweet, and you got this other guy, I can't pronounce his last name, who had a bunch of sacks, too. Matt Ionitis. The line looks really, yeah. What is it? Matt Ionitis. Almost Leonitis. like Leonidas. I like that. Exactly. That's what I thought it was, but I really didn't know it. I didn't want to butcher it, so thank you, Beam. So, up front, yeah, but there's a ton of holes on that team, Bob.
2: There are, when you talked about Adrian Peterson, they drafted Antonio Gibson, like, Offensive line, they need to continue to shore up because they obviously had massive issues last year with Trent Williams, who's now, I believe, out with the Chargers in L.A. So Dwayne Haskins is not the most mobile guy in the world, like just saying that, and he can move around in the pocket. He's functionally athletic, but they need to get better up front to protect him. They really didn't address that. The running back position... You mentioned Schleif, going back to that. Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson, both in there. Well, they had Darius Geist, the Geist yeah. man. Well, you know yeah. what? He got into a domestic violence altercation. And you know what, buddy? So you're not on the team anymore. But he had hamstring issues. Very talented guy out of LSU. But they were relying on him to do a lot. You know, Outside of Terry McLaurin, you don't look around and say, hey, they have a ton of weapons here. Because like, they really don't. I mean, they're a young team. You know, they... they developed a little bit defensively, so like you hit on the offensive line, those or defensive line, those guys are great. Like this could be the best defensive line in all of football. And if yeah. you build the team from the inside out, front to back, like you have a shot there. Um, I mean, heck, Montez Sweat is really good, and he's going to be rotating a little bit with Ryan Kerrigan. I have to sure up the back end. I like Landon Collins there. But really, this team is just void of offensive playmakers, and so you need to give Dwayne Haskins some help. Last, like, four games that he played of the season, I want to say he had, like, a uh, the last three, like a 5-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Did a much better job. The other... uh they just need to find a way to get him some help with a big- time receiver at some point in time it's just not gonna be this year ceiling six tops floor I would like to say three but I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer the under there you know it's it's the favorite in the clubhouse, and I'm going to take it.
1: Yeah, I am too. I, I'm with you. I think the I think the ceiling is going to be six games for them to win six games. Listen, they're a bad team. They are a really bad team. In a couple of more years, if you get Dwayne some pieces that he can throw to, I think this team could probably be pretty good. Their defense is okay. They will keep. They will stay in a lot of games. It's just they lack offensive firepower. Well, I'm going to go with the under as well.
2: And we say their defense is really good, Beam. But last year, red zone, bottom quarter of the league. Uh, third down percentage uh, last in the NFL for yeah. defense. Like they it's were surprising, it st- Is it not? It, it is. They were beat up, but like their secondary wasn't very good, and their offense wasn't on the field much. So I think it was all those things culminated, and it caused them. When you look at these players, you think they should be better, but. I don't think they were able to put it together. They did have some injuries, too, but it was surprising nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it was. All right, so coming up next, we're going to talk to our good friend from ESPN. He covers the Washington football team, also Buckeye grad. John Kime will join us next. It's Morning Juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. We do have an accident on US 42 at Section Line Road. Expect a bit of a slowdown there. Otherwise, even with some patchy fog, motors are moving pretty well on the freeways. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
0: Get up, then get fired up.
2: This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything.
1: This
0: is Morning Juice with Beamer Carpenter inch legs.
1: Morning Juice here on The Fan. Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel. We're going to head on out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline and welcome in a good friend of the show, also Buckeye grad, which I know makes Carpenter and Schlegel very, very happy about that. This man, well, he covers the Washington football team for ESPN. He's also the host of the John Keim Report podcast. John Keim joining us from D.C. John, good morning to you. Happy Tuesday. What up, guys? How are you? Oh, can't complain, man. It's going to be a beautiful little day here in Columbus. 85 degrees, overcast, so it's all good. It's been a whirlwind of an offseason for you, John, and covering this team. Bit. I mean, from the name change to the allegations that have gone on in D.C., it has been uh, pretty crazy. Number two overall draft pick with Chase Young. It's going to be a competitive division this year, but I want to start out with this. I mean, we're looking at year number two for Dwayne Haskins. You've got Alex Smith, who is Back, kind of in that quarterback competition, right? He gets cleared to cleared to play. Excuse me, but just from your perspective and the city's perspective, I mean, what are the expectations for Dwayne this year?
7: Well, the expectation is to be better. I don't think that there's any doubt that he would be because the work he's put in is different and better than it was at this time last year. This time last year, you know, coming out of Ohio State, where you're not tasked to call plays in the huddle very often. He had to learn how to do that, and it's not just, you know, it's memorizing the plays, but it's also how do you communicate that to guys in the huddle, making sure that the offensive linemen get what they need to do. And so, you you know, learning how to speak directly to them. It sounds subtle and simple, but it's, it's a, it was a transition. So last year, this time, that's what he's trying to do. Trying to You know, he didn't know all the formations at this time last year and even into September. So there was a lot he had to learn in addition to just reading, you know, with the reading an NFL defense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a lot going on. He's a lot better with a lot of that stuff this year and, and, you know, knowing how to handle protections and all that. Now, there's a lot of subtle things he still has to learn as a pocket pass in the NFL. That will be the key to whether or not he becomes a a decent, solid quarterback or a really good quarterback. I think that holds the key because in practice what you're seeing from him is a guy who is clearly more confident than he was last year. He carries himself differently much more what I was used to watching him when he was at Ohio state, as far as the way he carries himself. So I think that's all a good sign for them. They don't have a lot around him. I think he's going to need more to really fully um, help him and to, to maximize what he's you I don't think he's going to be a quarterback right now. Who's going to lift the other guys. I think he's going to, it's going to have to be a um, combined effort. And I don't know that they have enough around him right now to do that. So that's a question, but he does look better. And you know, he has a tendency to overthrow some balls, did at Ohio State, but he does look better.
2: So, John, as you're talking, not a lot around him. Outside of Terry McLaurin, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of notable weapons. But really what's more concerning to me is you know, when you're a quarterback, you can find a way to get guys open if you have enough time. Well, right. after the departure of Trent Williams, there really wasn't a lot done to bolster the offensive line, which is <laughs> essentially the same one as last year. Like, How concerning is that to you, to the young quarterback's development?
7: Oh, I think all of it is concerning, and you're right, because one thing that we saw when Dwayne was at his best Ohio State, it was, yes, there was good talent around him, but he had time to find them. You know, he had time to find Paris Campbell on a cross late because he had time. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that that's where he's going to have to learn to master some more of the subtleties of that position to get guys to make sure you can get rid of the ball quicker. And so I think that is a concern. Jaron Christian is will likely be their starting left tackle, he, he and the left guard, Wes Spartan, have a combined, I, I want to say it's a combined, seven NFL games or seven NFL stars, something like that. That's difficult because I think in a shortened off season in a year like the way we've had, you have to get used to communicating together. It's not just even, can you handle it? You've got to get used to the guy next to you. How does he handle this look? How does he handle this stunt? Things like that that are going to cause problems for, I think, a young off side of the offensive line. So I think that's that's definitely an issue. And that's why I think like with, for Haskins, and I've been saying this, whether on my podcast, whether on you know other places, that I think the way you have to measure Haskins this year, you can't just go by stats and say he had a good year or a bad year. Now, if he has great stats, that's fine. But if he has really bad stats, you can't just make some grand judgment because you have to see how things are around him. I think the key for him is how do you handle these situations? Are you putting, you know, whether or not the left tackle breaks down Dwayne Haskins can still make a good decision, whether with protection calls or with what he does with the ball. He can still he can control that. I think that's what they're going to have to focus on. And how does he respond to this as a leader? Those are the traits I think you're going to see. Can you build on those? Because that is a concern.
3: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. O-H. I-O. <laughs> that's my guy. So you've got John Kime over here. On uh, 971 The Fan Morning Juice, he covers the Washington football team for ESPN, also host of the John Kime Report podcast and the Bright Heating and Cooling Fans Guest Hotline. I can't even talk because I'm thinking (laughs) about this next guy, which is Chase Young. And I love this quote. We all saw the clip of him hitting Adrian Peterson. And it's, when I put the helmet on, I'm not Chase Young anymore. Put in... I'm the predator, right? I turn into something different. So, John, looking at Washington practice, how impressive has he been in camp from his performance, but also his professionalism with regards to his craft and showing that to the other guys?
7: Yeah, I think, you know, listen,
3: he's different. And it's not just because
7: of his talent. He's just different as a worker. I actually wrote a long story about this a week or two ago on espn.com about his path to get here and yes he's got free disability but it's the way he works and it's his approach going back to when he was six years old quarterback in a team of nine and ten year olds and mm-hmm. the, the way his parents raised him like you know they were into the Herschel walker push-ups only didn't want him to lift weights till waste plays in high school didn't have a cell phone till he was in high school didn't have a tv in his room they wanted him to work for things they preached greatness to him, but it was also, to me, what also stood out And talking to his high school coaches. He went to a new high school when he was a junior. They didn't automatically put him in as a starter. They wanted him to earn it. Well, by the second day, he earned it, but, then what, you know, but the, the, what stood out to them is he didn't complain. He went out and did his job, and you saw that this summer. Now, he missed a few days with a hip flexor, but what also stood out to me was he was working with a lot with the second team, but you didn't hear peeps from him. You hear him talking about what he's learning from Ryan Kerrigan, you know, he's he's always a guy who's going to pick the brains of those around him. He studies the game. So those are the reasons why, like, I think the guy's going to be unbelievable, but it's all because of those reasons. You know, you cover the NFL long enough. You guys know this. It's your approach that takes you over the top. A lot of guys have talent here, but do you have the right approach? And there have been some pass rushers that have come out in recent years who are supposed to be generational who maybe don't have that same approach and maybe they don't do as well because of it. I think that's what separated Chase Young for them. So what you see in practice is, you see, I mean, first of all, he just looks different. I mean, he's just, he just, you know, he's impressive. I mean, what are you going to say? And, but, you know, you see the burst off the ball. Even if he's only playing, you know, X number of snaps in practice as they continue to ease him back in with the hip flexor. But you can see the burst. And you can see that he can be disruptive rushing inside because he's got that length. So there's all sorts of the good things that you see, but it's what you hear about him behind the scenes that to me matters even more. And I, you know, that's
3: because, like like I said,
7: that's what makes the difference between a, you know, a guy who's talented and a guy who's great.
3: Yeah, much like Terry McLaurin that you have there. Guess what? Both Buckeyes, and you're a Buckeye. I love that. Right? It has to be fun. (laughs) It has to be fun covering dudes that you watch play in college that are Buckeyes doing great in Washington. I'm a, I'm gonna flip the script a little bit, and I want you to talk about the difference in the culture from Jay Gruden to Ron Rivera and the player's demeanor and practice under Rivera. And then how optimistic are you about this 2020 season?
7: Well, first, got to go back to McLaurin and have him Buckeyes here. So uh, don't talk about, things about things? him because he's the dude. Yeah, like, so, so in, you know, first of all, like like everybody else, like, I'm quite pissed about this season. So, you know, like, and it's hard for me to even talk mm. about because of what the Big Ten have decided so Us early Us too, right, John. Yes, that, Yes, and that, that aside, it has been really, like, my wife will bring it up and say, I can't talk about it, but I will <laughs> talk about this, because, like, with McLaurin last summer, there was another reporter who was a Michigan guy, and there was a receiver on the team who was a Michigan guy, so McLaurin was talking to, we're, you know, we're kind of in a group talking about something, and McLaurin's mic drop comment was, all I know is I have five pairs of gold pants. And so, like that's that's all I had to say. Like that's that I I tweeted that out, and it probably got about a thousand likes. So, (laughs) um, so yes, that's that's that part has been enjoyable. But um, as far as the Rivera Gruden difference, to me, it's a there's a big difference. And I, you know, you hear people talking about Rivera being a player's coach, and as you guys know, it's like when you hear that, it's not. I think fans hear that and think, oh, he's this nice buddy buddy guy. No, it's not that. It's about, to me, what they like here, what the guys that I've talked to, the Landon Collins, Adrian Peterson, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, guys who are, who are professional take care of themselves, they like the discipline that he shows. And it's not just about chewing guys out. It's about setting expectations and, and standards and saying, if you're not living up to those, letting them know. And I think guys respond to that. I mean, you want to be coached. I mean, this, you know, and so I think that's, that to me is a big difference. And you hear a phrase, breath of fresh air, and I think it wasn't just, I think, you know, it was partly Jay, but it was partly just the organization. And you need to have standards from the top. And, and I don't feel like there always were. And, and there haven't been. And it wasn't just Dan Snyder, it was team president Bruce Found. You've got to have standards. And, you know, if you see guys getting away with things and nothing happening, you don't have standards. You know, you just don't. And, and I think that's been a big difference. And they like that. He's, you know, you, he, I hear from regular employees who are like, God, I love this guy because he's accessible. You know, he's, he's open, he's communicative. I think he's like that with his players, and that all matters. Now, as far as the 20, so I think I think he's a good guy for this situation. Um, you know, I don't know how great he's going to be. You know, he, he had some good success in Carolina, and he had some years that they weren't so good. But I do think he's right for this spot. But as far as the 2020 season, the optimism I think it's kind of hard to have a lot of optimism about this season as far as like how well they can do because it's not set up for them, for teams in their situation to have that. You do have a young quarterback learning a new offense with a lot of questions, whether along the offensive line, at the skill spot, wherever. And, you know, you don't have a lot of time together. You have a new defense that is talented, but as you guys know, like you need to learn how to communicate too, and that comes with. You know, and making sure that you know the guy next to you understands his role and this look, because it's the communication is all about seeing a look and adjusting off of it. And so, are you at that point yet? Will you have early stumbles because of that? So, to me, what the, if you're a if you're a Washington fan, the optimism comes from you have a coach who I think is able to lay a foundation. So, really, you know, see how it goes this year. They need to finish strong, because if they don't finish strong, I think there's an issue. But if they do, then to me, the, the optimism is about what the, can they build starting this year for the future, much more so than 2020. And I think, like, it would have been easy for him to come in and say, we, we want to win right now. You could have gotten out, gone out and gotten Jason Peters as a left tackle because he's better than what you have. You could have gone out and overpaid for a tight end that, you know, would have helped you right now, but that doesn't fall in line with the foundation you want to lay. And it is about finding you have a lot of young talent, see what they can do, and then start preparing for the future even more.
1: Yeah, John, it's great stuff, buddy. We really appreciate the time. We'll chat again soon, all right?
7: Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. There he goes,
1: John Kime. He covers the Washington football team for ESPN, also host of the John Kime Report podcast. All right, we'll wrap things up on a Tuesday. Coming up next, it's Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the
0: Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Overall, traffic's moving pretty well. We do have just one accident reported. It's on US 42 at Section Line Road. Watch for some delays. Staples has everything to start the school year right at amazing prices. This week, spend $30 and get an 8-ounce bottle of Mellow Hand Sanitizer free when you mention this offer at checkout. Ends 9-5 in-store only while supplies last. Exclusions apply. See staples.com slash free sanitizer for details. Staples. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
0: Live, local, loud, very loud. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam, Bobby Carpenter, and Anthony Schlegel.
1: Morning Juice here on the fan Brandon Bean Bobby Carpenter Anthony Schlegel attacking and dominating our way through a Tuesday we want to again thank John Kime for joining us from ESPN who covers the Washington football team he was on the Bryant heating and cooling systems fan guest hotline and we here at Morning Juice are sponsored by Raisin Cane's chicken fingers that's right Schleg's Carp anything going on today for a Tuesday
2: gosh get a little lift in i got my oldest son's football practice tonight uh, got some work to get done here in the middle of the day. But outside of that, you know, I might might head over to Lowe's, Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, I don't know if I have enough time beam, but, you know, finish putting some racking up in the garage. Just a, a nice little Tuesday.
3: Shalikes? Yeah, just a little pump time. Got to feed me some iron here after this with Bob. Then uh, ship some product. Do some do quick books online. And uh, we got football practice at four. Implementing some new drills there. Teaching leverage. Teaching kids how to rip. A
1: ah, little well, Oklahoma it Should be a great drill. day.
3: Oklahoma drill action today? Uh, We call it the pit, where it's just more, you know, getting off blocks and holding blocks. And now we're going to work on the triangle between a linebacker and a safety in a corner. Mm. Really vice it in there, inside out, outside in. You know, just working on the fundamentals of the game of football. Love doing that with my man, Ryan Miller. So it'll be a great day.
1: That sounds fantastic. I'm going to go get my lunges in. I'm going to get my walk in. I may even run. How about that? I That'll mean, the rain motivated me last Friday, so I may even up. I may even end up running. You four. know what? You I might can do. do it.
2: I'm going to do this for your beam. I might actually get my kids because they they're oozing into school. They're going every other day this week until they go all day next week. But I might get them. Throw them in the bed of my truck. We'll load up some of the squirt guns and then I'll find you on your junk trail. We'll just, we'll just run right beside you and shoot you with the water guns, and that'll help encourage you to, to pick the pace up.
1: It's all the motivation that I'm going to need. Boys, I had so much fun today. We'll talk to you early tomorrow morning again at 6 a.m. Uncle Bo and James are up next with Bishop and Laurinaitis. We'll talk to you live tomorrow at 6. It's morning juice right here on The Fan.
0: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Staples Stores. It is accident-free out on the area roads. Construction, though, blocks Frank Road eastbound at Jackson Pike. That'll be closed until November. Staples has everything to start the school year right at amazing prices. This week, two packs of Elmer's Glue Sticks and a 24-pack of Crayola Crayons and Comp Books. They're just 50 cents each. Offer ends 9-5. Wall supplies last. Limit 30. Limits vary online. Staples. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1. The Fan Traffic.
0: Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios.
5: Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com.
0: WBNSFM. HD1 Columbus. The Fan.
5: Sports Center. Good morning, I'm Mark Shark
0: Reds pitcher Anthony Di Sclafani spent three days at the paternity list last week for the birth of his child. He probably wishes he could have delayed his return to the mound. Last night against the Cardinals, Di Sclafani lasted only three and two-thirds innings, but before leaving... He allowed seven runs on seven hits with four walks and a hit battered. St. Louis top Cincinnati 7-5. Shane Bieber pitched six shutout innings for Cleveland, allowing just one hit while striking out nine Royals in his first 50 innings this season. Bieber struck out 82 batters. That breaks the all-time record previously held by Kerry Wood, who struck out 79 in his first 50 innings of 1998. Bieber left with a one nothing lead, but Kansas City scored two runs in the bottom of the eighth to top the Tribe 2-1. to In the Stanley Cup playoffs, Tampa Bay knocked off Columbus four games to one in the first round. Now the Lightning have knocked off Boston four games to one in the second round. The clincher was a 3-2 overtime victory last night over the Bruins. Breaking sports news on the.